Tub Talk is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. Email us at tubtalk at cageclub.me with questions, criticisms, riddles, trivia, dating advice, cryptozoology, ideas for future episodes, and more. Head over to cageclub.me to check out other shows and email us tubtalk at cageclub.me. Well, everything we talked about when we were off mic was more important than, or more interesting than what we talked about on mic. So. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was going to say, you your mic. So welcome to Tub Talk. This is episode eight. I look forward to seeing if you were. I was not. I would have told you. So He's this lying. is episode eight. Uh, these are songs eight, uh, 80 through 61, 2000s, 2018. Uh, we're going to start with Mance. Do you remember your number one song? Actually, the last song we played the last time, I think, was Tenacious D. Tribute. Yeah, I feel bad about that, guys. I'm sorry. No, it's not. <laughs> so now up, Mance's number 80, Stuck Between Stations by Behold Steady. Uh, I'm, I'm not at all prepared to talk about this song because I thought we addressed it last time. But, <laughs> but, uh, this is just a good, wholesome-ass rock song. Like, that, there's the, the, the piano... The piano and the guitar, and there's nothing really spectacular about this song. Like it's, uh, I, I don't know. It's just a good rock song. It's dad rock, man. Yeah, Embrace that, it. yeah, 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 hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, he's stuck between stations. He's the song is about like the gray space between FM stations. Like that's as dad rock as it gets. Uh, and we're we're all dads here. Yeah. <laughs> in in a, in a way, we are all dads here. And, uh, yeah, that's all I got. Sorry. Number 79. so much like Bruce Springsteen. It's yeah, crazy. exactly, exactly. Number 79, and you will know us by the Trail of the Dead, another morning. Wait, 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 hold on. Wait, wait, wait. She's a, she was a really good kisser, but she's not all that great of a Christian. That's a really good line. All right. Another Go morning on. stoner. And you will know us by the trail of dead. Yeah, so um, there's a, a common theme amongst like the next five or six songs on my list. Depression. Um, no, no, that they're all like, no, <laughs> they're all wrong again, Joey. <laughs> Your depression. <laughs> they're all like Pitchfork.com darlings of like the early 2000s. They all share some music musical sensibilities. Not to interrupt you, but like. The thing that's a comment about these two bands is I only know the name of them and I would have no idea what they sound like. So this is cool to hear yeah. what they actually are. This band, this album got a 10.0 from Pitchfork, which like they never do, um, and is in hindsight was a little too generous. But this is a, a, a fucking killer album, and it's the only good album they've ever made. It's got that that propulsion and the the guitar and the drums, and it's just urgent. It sounds very. It's, there's, there's a kinetic energy to it and um, there's a bridge and I, don't, I didn't take note of the time code I'm sorry Joey but there's a bridge where it just breaks down like it's this fast moving song and the drums are you know rapid fire let me try to find it yeah skip ahead a little bit keep going there's a song in my top 10 oh that... wait, wait, wait you, you just passed it okay. yeah it's this sounds like dream theater so like you get this like four minutes of just like non-stop assaulting from the drums and the guitar and then it opens up with these big like chiming church bell like orchestral shit 
Um, and it ends with a call, call and response, uh, you know, screaming, the vocal screaming. Uh, what is forgiveness? It's just a dream. And so is this screamo? I don't know if I don't know if this would qualify as screamo. I think this technically, like, of the, you know, the day that it was at the, you know, in its day, I think was considered like post-punk. Um, I just think it's like it's a good guitar song. Texas band and apparently incredible live. You you know you mentioned Pitchfork giving it a ten point Like, how do you guys feel about them retroactively going back and like? Changing what they've like given it. 10.0. I don't that's like bullshit. It. Isn't also, that the most dickless yeah. shit yep. ever? Yep, I don't the, like it. At the, all. The, there is a song in my top 10, the album of which got a 0.2 on Pitchfork. <laughs> which one? Oh, well, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll, we'll see when we get yeah, there. Yeah, we'll get there. Alright. Next up, spiritualized Stop Your Crying. So the the common thread, there's only one common thread between this song and the last song, and it's those big gigantic bells. Uh, you know, in the chorus of this song. It just explodes. It like bursts wide open. It's a very small scale song in the verses, and then it explodes in the chorus with these big chiming church bells and this gospel choir. And uh, you know, Bob, please. This album, this album saved my life, man. Yeah. When when I was in Los Angeles and had, uh, aside from the people that I lived with who had their own things going on, and I had literally like no friends, and I was like just like walking the streets of Los Angeles at three in the morning by myself for hours because I was just like depressed I had this this album in a in a uh, in a disc man and I would just like play it so loud that my ears would just like ring for days and I just like walking around with homeless people looking at me and people passing me and stuff just l- fucking listening to spiritualize and feeling shitty this uh this album wow. I know I think Dude, you're right. awesome. that, that are you Warren Zevon <laughs> <laughs> I think ultimately you're a you're a ladies and gentlemen. We're floating in bad. No, that no, this is the album. Okay. this is the uh, and this say, song's not on your list. This song's not on my list. There is something much much higher for this. Album. Sa- same for me. This is my favorite spiritualized album, and I think this came out. What Joey and fact check me two thousand three, two thousand four, two thousand two, something. It came out around that time, and that was a time of like musical uh, discovery for me, where I really started branching out. Uh, thanks to a certain handful of acts, I started branching out and really like discovering some music that I never would have listened to when I was younger. And this is one of those uh, albums. And uh, 2001, 2001, and it holds a, a special place in my heart as well. It's gorgeous. Number seventy-seven, "Blue Light" by Block Party. Another band I know the name of and never heard. Another pi- another Pitchfork darling who only really had this one album. Um, uh, I'll be honest like if you give me any kind of sensitive boy song with like <laughs> atmospheric guitars and like a, a drum that never stops I'll, I'll listen to it I'll be into it <laughs> and that's exactly what this is which in, in thinking about it it's ridiculous that I don't like U2 because that's exactly what U2 <laughs> is but I, I don't like U2 is, is it accurate to say that this is like your pitchfork era like yeah when you were you were really like yeah uh, you were extremely online well, and like paying attention to this sort of thing well I think that was I think not that wasn't only my pitchfork era I think that was the pitchfork era you know this came out with, in the midst of like the arcade fire and, the and you were a goddamn and, like, like online music journalist yeah, oh, for yeah. A while. yeah 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 for, I, had my, I had my time for a brief spell but I still think this is just a beautiful song with a really, um, you know, it's, it's got really sweet vocals and a really pretty, uh, you know, kind of sound to it. 
so. A little peek behind the curtain here. While Mance was talking, Matt just adjusted uh, his chair for quietly. the first time in eight, nine episodes that we've recorded. <laughs> we are not in the same exact posititioning. Well, because I feel like I'm like I'm at the end of the table. And there's like a distance. You're in left here. field in game four yeah, of the like, NLCS. I, I feel isolated. There goes the no hitter. Number seventy six, the Walkman with the Who wants rat. No hitter. This song is a fucking incredible song, and I, if you guys don't know this song, I urge you to listen to it on your own time when you can really enjoy it. First of all, it's got the craziest drumming I've ever heard in a song. The most relentless, non-stop, blistering pace drumming I've ever heard in a song. And you should not only listen to this song, but listen to their, uh, watch their performance on YouTube. They played David Letterman when this album came out, and the drummer is fucking berserk playing this song live. Did um, Dave dig it? Dave did dig it quite a bit. Uh, Dave digs it. Dave digs it. And um, so it's just a, a blistering kind of like nonstop assault of a song. And then it has the best, in hindsight, like the best bridge that represents like kind of getting older and kind of graduating from your 20s into your 30s. Uh, he sings, the, br- the bridge of the song is, when I used to go out, I would know everyone I saw. Now I go out alone if I go out at all. And it's just a very simple, like, just the breakdown of your social life and how you, as you get older, you kind of, like, retreat more and more within yourself. Uh, it's, it's a killer awesome. Do I have a read that these guys are, like, very much, like, leather jacket-wearing people with sunglasses? They, I don't know if that's entirely accurate. They did, they, they were of the same, like, era of the Strokes and the White Stripes. Black the, Rebel uh, Motorcycle Club. Yeah, yeah. They were purists with those bands, but different. Was this in a movie or something? Because what, like this song is, it feels like I've heard the song a hundred times, but I don't know why I know it, other than just knowing the song. Maybe. What's this band again? The Walk- Walkman. Uh, another one. Band I know the name of, but not the music. To 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 just piggyback on 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 David Letterman, isn't that the best part about like a late night talk show when the host genuinely really digs yeah. the song that's being played and is maybe hearing it for the first time and they're just like, oh hey okay, yeah. that was great. <laughs> Like they seem extra enthusiastic. Anybody remember the vines being on David Letterman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. David Letterman being like, "That was something." Right? Is that guy okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Letterman. But Letterman also had had slash has really good taste in music. Like you know, some you know when I see Jimmy Fallon, I'm like, God, that guy's just faking it for the fucking cameras. But Letterman, I think, actually enjoyed these bands. We're putting the narrative of this of this top 100 on a on a T right now. I think we're gonna knock it out of the park. All right, number 80 for Bob, Nerd with Provider. Woke up, I had the same clothes on I had. What does nerd stand for? No one ever really dies. Um, not true. What's not true? Uh, it's true that that's what it stands for, it's, but that's not true. Well, it's on we some... It's on so some, their like, name is a lie? I think it's on some Einstein shit. Like you can, you you can't Her like energy lives on. Yeah, you can't get yeah. rid of energy. Energy. It's like some stoner philosophy. Yeah, this is the right. So nerd is the band of Pharrell and the other guy from the Neptunes and Chad Hugo. Yeah, and um, I think they had a huge hit with lap dance and with Rockstar, and this yep. is like the third or fourth single from that album, and was not as big a hit, but is like. I think the good song from that, the one that it, it feels much more traditional or something. I don't think I've ever heard this song. No? You never I, listened I, to this album? I've never heard this song and either. This is on that album, In Search Of? Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah is Pharrell the most underappreciated, like, currently working pop musician? I don't know, man. He gets a lot of love. Yeah, but I know. I, I know he's, like, super appreciated, but isn't he cooler than he gets credit for being? He's, he's at that level where he became popular he's so famous. that he was uncool. Yeah. Right. But, like, he's, and he's still doing, cool. He's also doing, like, songs for, like, Despicable Me and shit right, like that, right. which, like, but, makes like, you cool. uncool. If you listen, um, there's a there's so a, are they might be giants. There's a video online that like I forget who did it that mash not mashes up, but it's like a super cut of all the songs he produced, and you hearing them all back to back, you stand back and you're like, holy shit! Like he's produced like 50 of the tops, you know, like the most influential. Yeah, he shaped, iconic he shaped songs. pop music. Like, yeah. like yeah. we should go back and look at how many songs in our collective lists yeah. he actually produced. I know I have at least one. I was thinking that for the last time for Dr. Dre was like that too. Like he he was he had his fingerprints on so many things in, in all of our lists, and he's way better than P Diddy. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, but P Diddy has that one lyric in that one song where he says, "I'm the definition of half man, half drugs," and that's the that's like the best lyric ever that he probably stole from Biggie, to be honest. <laughs> the other the other thing to appreciate about Pharrell is that he has not aged a day looks wise in the last like 20 years he's also like kind of a fashion icon because yeah. he, he, yeah. he like like sort of you know Ashton Kutcher gets a lot of credit for the trucker hat but it's really Pharrell that did that shit yeah. so here's an article from a handful of years ago songs that you might not know Pharrell produced I'm a Slave for You by Britney Spears Hella Good by No Doubt Work It Out by Beyonce Looking at Me by Mace Girlfriend song by NSYNC. Yep. Yeah, provider. Sounds cool. Rum Shaker by Rex and Effect. What? <laughs> really? That's what it says. Oh, wait, no. Grand old flag by John. Oh, no, no. no. <laughs> he didn't produce it, but he wrote the line It's Teddy, ready with the one, two, checka. Oh. Rex and Effect is an effect, but I'm the Recca. He wrote that line. I could listen to you Do more read rapping, Joey. Rex and yeah. Effect lyrics all day. Number 79, Fucked Up, Son, the Father. The band is called Fucked Up, oh, yeah. and I do not feel comfortable saying that again. Fucked Up. <laughs> what album is this on? The Chemistry of Common Life. Yeah, The Chemistry of Common oh. Life, which is, I think, like a concept album. I, I, all their albums are concept albums. All right. Well, I, I think, yeah. I, I, this, this band is like, they. I think they have a uh, they're like a quote-unquote hardcore band, but they have a lot of like pop sensibilities mm -hmm. that they shortcut at every change by doing things like naming their band Fucked Up so yeah, they don't get yeah, played yeah. on the radio. I mean, this yeah. is a song that's six and a half minutes long, and so far it's just been like a Zamfir flute. Was the lead singer like a professional wrestler or something? He certainly looks like one. Yeah, he looks... Yeah, I don't know if he He has a radio wise. show in Canada, though, that, like... I think he's, like, very, like, academic punk type dude. Did yeah. this come out before... The only album that I really know of there as well is Queen of Hearts. Was this before that? I think this is before that. Okay. But I'm not 100% sure. We might have to go back on that with subs and flubs. <laughs> um, the guitar player is Rachel Lee Cook's brother. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so that's something. Um, we, but look, the song hasn't even started yet. <laughs> no, no, we're a minute in. We're a minute in. With only five and a half to go. Let's just let it go for a little. For the listener at home, Bob is wearing a pair of sunglasses inside. Nobody's really commenting. Really that Joaquin Phoenix situation. <laughs> <laughs> I dig it, man. Grab your hammer. There's a girl that needs a rescuing. Joey will do a, an audit of you later. <laughs> <laughs> I like songs that start with screams like that. Like the first song on the Nirvana live album, Muddy Banks of the Wishka. Yeah. 
Did you say I'm going to audit Bob later? Like I'm in Scientology? Yeah. All right, cool. Oh, like Scientology audit? I, th- I thought you, I thought you meant like taxes. No. Either or. Should being Joaquin Phoenix. I guess I jumped a step in that explaining what I was thinking. <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix. No, I got to see more often. That's right. <laughs> I got there. It just took about three minutes. It took. Yeah, it was, I, I presented it very poorly. That's my fault. <laughs> I like this kind of singing, even though maybe it's not quote unquote good. I like songs where it sounds yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. the guy is is risking ruining his voice. Yeah, screaming his guts in. I'll always get. I'm always down. With that. Speaking yeah. of screaming your guts I'm out for that, the next song is "Dream Scream" by Daniel Dale Johnson. Dale. <laughs> That's what the album cover says. Daniel Johnston. No, the album says Daniel Dale Johnston, Rejected Unknown. No, no one ever calls him Daniel Dale Johnston. <laughs> it's Johnson. on the album with the cartoon Whatever. of Sexy Lisa Simpson. It's like the OC, don't call it that. Daniel, Did you say Sexy Lisa Simpson? Is that what you got out of that? <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with Red you, Joey? I heard Red you dress. look up the album cover to Daniel Dale Johnston, Rejected uh, Unknown. Yeah, get, get a concept out of Red dress, yellow was. skin. Joey's really telling on himself here. <laughs> I mean, I can't even begin to dissect what, what the fuck that is. Okay, so up. Daniel Johnson's entire deal is that he wrote something like a thousand songs about the same woman, and uh, like he's very like he, he's a dude who's afflicted with a lot of mental health issues. But like in doing so, like maybe we shouldn't reward people for being creepy, and like I, I get that, but like his songs are like truly wounded in the sense that someone who is just like. Like showing you a, a, a open cut sans band aid, like his his love for this woman is so raw, and he's like, you know, it's not it's not really mitigated by talent. Like he he's just being honest, and his honesty sort of uh, bleeds through in a way that is uh, a little a little frightening if you look at it for too long. And just the way it sounds when somebody doesn't really know how to play the instrument they're playing, but they know how to make it sound good. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. But like you said, it, it eventually leads to a place of like, where the, like you just can't go where they are. Well, I, I, I went to see him, and it was like a little sad because it was like it was like a guy tr- clearly trying his best, and it was and he was very good in in this sense, and that you're watching it and you're getting like what is like the legitimate like telepathic transmission of. Of, of hurt and, and, and a life on the edge of, of mental illness and you, you gotta wonder how many people are at that show to see the freak show of Daniel Johnston versus how many people are there to like yeah okay. but even if you are going there to see that like chances of coming away with more than what you thought you were gonna get out of it is probably pretty high right? yeah that's right I, I agree next up Sufjan Stevens with John Wayne Gacy Jr. I love this song. I had to choose. Well, my sister has this album on vinyl. I think I do too. Wasn't he going to do one for every state, and then he did a yeah. couple, and then it's like, I think this is a candidate for best album of this period we're talking about. Wow, this is Illinois. Illinois. Yeah. I don't know what there is to say about about. I, I'm not generally not a Sufjan Stevens fan. I need to listen to way more of him. I know that. Uh, he's clearly very very talented. Um, and, and I, I'm sort of I like the the, the uh, biographical aspect of this sort of thing or uh, of, of John Wayne Gacy 
the state's project is so weird and and obviously never it's 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 like yeah. this artistic thing where it's like i'm never gonna complete this right. i don't even know I, if he, I, love, I love it though. i love is he even still doing it no no, no, no. The, but like just, but like but maybe he like but he fuck are we just, like it, yeah, it's just yeah. the kind of thing where he put out there and it's like all right i think he also pretty quickly like i think after Michigan, which was the first one before Illinois, I think he said like, "I'm not doing this. Like, don't don't expect really." How much? Me. How much do you want a New Jersey one, though? Right? I think what he's probably running into is the idea that it's you can write a, 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 an album as good as this about where you're from, roughly. Yeah, because he is from he's from Michigan. He's Detroit. from Michigan. So he did yeah. his own home state and then like the adjacent one that has the biggest city around. So like. Once he would try to write us an album about Jersey, it doesn't do anything near what this does. It's not imbued with any personal like. Yeah, that makes sense. Shit. That makes not, sense. Th- not to say I don't want to hear it, but like because of his style of music and all. This is also there are like two sides of Sifian Stevens. There's like this side, the sparse like acoustic that he did on Seven Swans and his most recent album Carrie Lowell. Then there's Carrying Lowell's like, a great album. It is. And then there's like the super ornate, like, you know, multi-instrumental with like all sorts of bells and whistles. So if you want Stevens, I've always latched more onto this. Yeah, the, 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 the like Nick Drake version of yeah, him. That's yeah, just yeah, like... Yeah, yeah. It's, have you seen him live? No. He, he's incredible live because he rearranges all of his songs. He doesn't play the album versions of them. I mean, they sound like completely different things. It's really cool. All right. Yeah. I'm into it. I'll try to see him live if I can. Next up. Just about this song, too. Like, sonically, it fits. Like, what he just. The idea of I'm going to write a song that's sympathetic to John Wayne Gacy is, like, on its surface, like a gimmicky thing to do. But the way that he finds the, the tone that makes it feel. Makes it, the thing that gives you chills when you listen to it is because it's like he uses a specific telling of John Wayne Gacy's story as a personal like confessional in a, in a very oblique way, and it makes you think about your like. I could be John Wayne Gacy. It, it does that. Right. I think yeah. it does that. Well, and, that's, and that's that, what makes me like feel uncomfortable listening to that song. And well, feel because bad somebody, somebody, especially for us who like you know, we came after John Wayne Gacy was a thing, you know, like after he was in the news, I was into his old shit, man. His old single slap. He's he's just a, you know, in our mind, he's, he's just like a, a, more of a concept. And this is, you know, this song's a reminder that like, he's a person with fucking issues. Just like, you know, there's also, if if any, if anyone's interested in that sort of thing, there's also a very, very good graphic novel called my friend Dahmer written from the perspective of someone who is high school, which they made into a movie, which they made. I haven't seen the movie though. I haven't seen the movie. Do we? Have, do I have one more song here? You or? do, but we ran out of time in Stu- Sufjan, so I pause it. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, let's let's go on to the next. Next one. up, Richard Hawley. Tonight the streets are ours. Anyone know this one? I don't. Sounds familiar. Uh, let's listen to it for a second. It's really excellent. I like the opener a lot. Off the album Ladies Bridge. <laughs> this is a great album. Too. But it's Lady Apostrophe S. Yeah. I've always wanted to open up a pizzeria called Women's Pizza. What year are we talking about? Uh, 
He's a, kind of a crooner. This, yeah, this reminds me of uh, Gen Z. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does kind of sound like him, and it also sounds like girl, you'll be a woman soon. Like, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. yeah, but there's something epic about this. This is like very like let's go start a revolution. Oh, but also you associate that revolution with like love in so much, which is the basis of any good revolution, right? Any revolution worthwhile starts with love. This feels like the kind of song that you would put at the end of a rom-com where the girl realizes that she's been blind the whole time and she's in love with her friend and she's running through the rain set to this song. You, okay. you guys ever listened to Juan Waters? No. He's like a Paraguayan uh, singer-songwriter. He's kind of like... Is it John Waters after he stopped making movies and moved to yeah, Paraguay? Yeah, yeah, Juan, but it's Waters. He's the, he's the Mexican non, non-union equivalent. <laughs> <laughs> Senor Spielbergo. He, no, he's like a Paraguayan... Senor Schindler es bueno. <laughs> Jonathan Richmond, and he's, uh, but he's young now, and he's, yeah. he's like dipping it all over. Well, he's touring all the time, putting all these like kind of silly sounding albums. I kind of sound like this. He's lovely. I, I, if I don't have him on my top 100, which I think I may have already, but if I don't, that'll be a, a, a flub. And, it, and this is the same vibe. It's just super fun. Yeah. So this guy was also the guitarist for Pulp. Oh. Uh, which is an, an interesting. And also, this song is the opening song over the title credits of uh, the Banksy movie Exit Through the Gift Shop. Oh. Banksy Gallery and Amsterdam, and it was awesome. I liked it in uh, High Maintenance. You, you caught up on High Maintenance? Yes. The, the Japanese tourists are just like translating, like, oh, uh, where, where, <laughs> yeah. where can we see uh, artwork by Banksy? Tell you something, I am Banksy. All right, Matt, oh, your really? number 80 song this is a band that I saw live on the recommendation of Mr. Tom Mance, LCD Sound System, Losing My Edge. I saw them at Lollapalooza. And the only the last thing I'll say is that they said we only have four songs left in the crowd boot. He's like, yeah, but all of our songs are like fucking ten minutes long. What do you want? And then it was another forty-five minutes of concert. I like this song because it's really funny. Yeah. It sonically sounds funny. Too. Yeah. This also might be the longest song on anybody's list. Almost eight minutes. It's also like I, I have a longer song with eight minutes. It's it's not just sonically. It's not just yeah sonically funny. It's also just it's it's a funny song. Uh-huh. I remember her hearing it for the first time uh, being a freshman in college. There's certain songs that associate directly with that year. Beck Sea Change being the mo- most primary one. But then uh, the first time I heard this, first time I heard this song, yeah, it was when we graduated. And like listening to it on the drive up here today too, I was like, I don't feel any differently about this. Like pe- I know people who act like this yep. now. I knew them then. I knew yep. them before then. And it's the same shit. And uh, it's it's great. I love it. This guy is kind of like king fuck of irony uh, hipsterism, where he's like, he's like, look, guys, I'm way cooler than you are, and I, I'm saying that out loud, and and I'm saying it almost like I'm sarcastic about it, but I actually right. mean it. Right, right, right. But he's also not handsome, so there's yeah. that to consider. I think we we definitely, I'm sure, talked about meet me in the bathroom in the last episode, the the book Sub-talk about book that, club. that era. They talk at length about uh, how LCD Sound System came to be, and James Murphy is is this guy. He is an asshole, which I kind of I find endearing. He thinks he's the best musician and like the smartest guy, and the you know like the the most uh, clever person in the room. And I'll tell you what, man, he he uh, like I don't, I don't really follow LCD Sound System. I wasn't a, a fan of theirs, but every song that broke through was good. 
And this album I had because when I heard it, I got it, and I like every song on it. Yeah. I just kind of like. I think it's very much like a personality yeah. of him thing. Yeah. Like you either you, that determines how deep you want to go. Yep. Be his fan. And like I was like, all right, I'm I'm cool from back here. His his first three albums are all incredible as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, he's awesome. And and yeah, W great live. Great I would live I would guess that there's more LCD sound system to come. Yes. Tom took me on a date to the last <laughs> to their last concert. And then, and then it wasn't their last concert, and I'm pissed oh, off. Oh, I took that. you to that MSG. That's show. right. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Magical night. <laughs> yeah, and then I was at their first show back. Bullshit. I mean, not bullshit that you did that, but right. bullshit the, that they came back. The one other thing about this song that I only really recognized listening to it on the drive up was at the end when it switches to that. We all know what we really want. Like I think. However you remember it, I think he says it every way. Like, we all know what we really want. You don't know what you really want. You do know what you really... Like, I think he says each of those things, and you just hear it, like, all within, like, after seven and a half minutes yeah. of listening to the song. You're just in the zone. You hear, like, all those things. Because I've remembered it each way, and then listening to it, I was like, oh, he's, he says it each way. That's why I remember it that way. And, like, that's a cool thing to do, too, just to send mixed messages with your lyrics. I, I dig that. Matt's next song, not on Spotify, Killer Mike, That's Life. Oh. I got a YouTube. Oh, yeah, this throws me off. A little Killer Mike. I have to tell YouTube what year I graduated high hey, school. Hey, my name's Malik, and Killer Mike's my dad. If you don't like what he's saying, so what? That's life. That's life. I told you last tape, I'm a killer, man. Do you guys know this song? I don't. I don't know this song. Let's, let's just listen to it for a minute. When I saw the name of the song, I was hoping they wouldn't sample this. Yeah, Frank Sinatra sample? Hell yeah. Pump it up a minute and we'll just listen to it. That's who I am to criticize. This was right around Katrina, right around George Bush doesn't care about black people. Off Southern Elites, Volume 6. I had this idea, what if we just shout it every once in a while on the podcast, Tub Talk Exclusive. So this song takes me back to a very specific moment in my life. It was right after, like, in the wake of the whole Katrina thing. That was right at the same time that gas prices were just going absolutely apeshit. Yeah. And they kind of made it so that it was like, oh, hey, well, yeah, Katrina did that. So now you have to pay. I remember I did an art project in college about high gas prices. It was like part of a series of posters. And it, I look back on it, it was like two eighty nine. It was like, it was like, oh, my God, it, I'm seeing it. It, it was going up to like five dollars a gallon right as we hit right as we graduated and entered the workforce and I had a commuting job and I was like the amount of money I spent on gas in the three years after college was, was insane anyway rewind to right after Katrina happened I remember driving home from college one day and looking at these gas prices and being completely freaked out by the fact that that happened to America and like the way it was reported and I had the first panic attack I've ever had in my entire life I was driving home to Wall, and I was right on 35 in Wall, approaching the Manasquan Circle, and I went past that gas station, and it was like, you know, whatever the, it was the price of gas while driving, giving me a panic attack. But it was a panic attack about, I'm about to graduate college. All I'm hearing is that the it, the, the job industry is going to be fucked. Like we're coming out, the, you know, we're coming after these natural disasters have wiped out one of America's greatest cities, and the, and the response was, you know, racially, uh, you know, criticized, and. 
we're in the middle of these quagmire wars. It was it, it, it was personal like entering adulthood paranoia mixed with during like, a truly politics time. shit of the time. And this song, the fact that like. Like, in a simple way of putting it, it was like you're very politically impressionable in college, and like this was one of the things that had a lightning bolt into my like political consciousness because it coincided perfectly with like a personal period in my life. And, I, and that's why I just think Killer Mike's style of being like openly just pissed the fuck off the whole yeah, time sure. is fucking so important for people to be able to do that and be successful musicians. So, like, I will support him in everything that he does because he's fucking awesome. Absolutely. Next up, you have Cass McCombs with Bum Bum Bum. What I learned about this song, what I learned about this song after putting it on this list is that this is this is tackling the same exact themes as the previous song, Cass McCombs. But he just does it, in it. Like, listen to how he does it. Really underrated songwriter. Yeah, I love this song. I only know him a little bit. Me too. I only really know this song and this album. This song was my way in. You should, you should dive through. He's got like a Bob Dylan-esque yeah. uh, uh, fucking with journalists attitude too. He's also just he's one of those artists who like kind of under the surface or beneath the surface has put out an entire discography, six seven albums that are all remarkably consistently good. Bob Dylan's a really good comparison because because this song is a, a very like poetic way of talking about racism to the point where I heard it five times without realizing that was even what it was about. And just at the same time, like, it hits my dad rock, like, yeah. funny bone. Oh, good God, does it ever. Dadrockfunnybone.com <laughs> PJ Harvey, The Wheel. I feel like this is kind of like a sister song to that previous song, only... By a woman, sonically much more uh, aggressive and awesome. This is from her, I don't know if she put out an album since this, Hope Six Demolition Project, which on a lighter note features probably the worst album cover art of any album that I really like. Do you, have you seen it? <laughs> I don't know it, what it is. It's so bad. It, and there's no real reason for it to be so bad. I actually know like nothing about me there. I know that she did it. What is she? Does she have like she and Bjork maybe covered "Leaving on a Jet Plane" or something like that together? That's the actual album cover, and it looks like somebody's like first Not sketch. Good. It's like a pencil yeah. sketch, and then like shitty. Like, it's like some shit that I would draw at the diner. Typography on top of it. It's re- it's really weird, and like just because I'm I'm like I have that part of my brain active at all times, it just like I, I can't understand why the fuck. It's like that. But anyway, like... Have we not gotten to the lyrics yet? This is just... We're still in the intro? Yeah. The lyrics are... So she spent some time in the Middle East. I don't even remember what strife it was that informed, like, what she wrote in this album. Libya or Syria or Yemen or whatever it was. Iraq. She occupies a place in my brain that's similar to Bjork, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is, a, it's a, again, a poetic telling of a serious topic, but, like, 
there are some pretty clear cut like when they get to the maybe here I just want to timestamp heard it was 28,000 children missing like, like it's just it's real heavy and and I like if you're gonna make a song that sounds like like militaristic and like kind of like like it's a, it's like fascist sounding like dun 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 it's like a march and, and like to, to, to you like if you're gonna make a political statement I like the idea of making sure that the song serves that sonically too because like and it becomes an interesting song, no matter what you think about it. Next up, you have the Arcade Fire with Keep the Car Running. Now, let's talk about a fucking song to have loud as shit choice. driving up the turnpike. Like, again, this is why ranking is, is weird. Because I feel like this only has the sonic. Like, I don't even know what they're singing about. It's not that important. Yeah. Like, But does that matter? To me, like, to me, in the way I think about the songs and, like, the way music resonates with me, does even to the point where like I lumped them in I was a huge fan of theirs I just sort of fell off and like I didn't even want to put them on this list because like I don't listen to them anymore but this song is so like triumphant sounding like it's really fun to listen to what album is this? The Odd Bible yeah this is their second album? their second album yeah Yeah. and uh like like, it's not really their fault but the fact that there's mandolin in there and there were so many bands at this time who were like, oh, accordions and mandolins. And like, they took it in a totally kind of a wimpier direction than, than Arcade Fire ever did. But like, just in the way that I listen to it now, I kind of lump them in that category a little bit. I don't like that as much. So it, so that's why listening to this song every once in a while, I, I'm reminded of how sweet it is. Like, it just goes. It's fucking you, pedal to the metal. When did you fall off on that? After this album, I think. I think The Suburbs is their best album. The Suburbs, yeah. You should listen to The Suburbs. I liked everything I heard after. Yeah, that's the weird thing. And they were on SNL, like, last year. Yeah. And I really liked the songs they played, and I didn't follow up on After them. The Suburbs, I think they've only put out two albums since The Suburbs, and they, I, I think they've gotten worse and worse. But The Suburbs, the album after this one, is incredible. Yeah. I don't see a way in at this time, but, like, we'll get there eventually. <laughs> Next little group of songs, Mance number 75. Maybe the first song we've played today that I know, The Great Salt really? Lake by Band of Horses. Not really. You haven't known any of these songs? I've known a few of them. But I also, sorry, yeah. Like, I also listen to these playlists, so I don't know if I know them from listening yeah. to them three months ago or because I heard them ten years ago. You know what I mean? Can so. you go back to the beginning? Yep. Because that's a big part of why I love this song. Listen, just that, the, first of all, the production on this album and this song is incredible. It's, it's, it's really like surround sound if you put headphones on um the great drum that just thumping like um you know propulsive drum like you were talking about on the last song the arcade fire song and that guitar riff is incredible it, this is just like a barbecue song i mean that's a, like as simple as it gets like uh this song reminds me of summer like wistful summer afternoons driving around and barbecuing and drinking beer with friends and playing wiffle ball and um, the video for that for this yes. song is like basically that. You're getting me fucking rock hard over here talking like that. <laughs> Were you I've been rock chance? hard the whole time. <laughs> did you? Did any of you go to Global Fest in no. New York? Like, no. Six or seven years that they played. The Foo Fighters played. Neil Wait. Young played. Okay, keep going. Uh, I'm gonna pause you in a second, but keep going. Who's the one who did? Well, no. Oh God. 
Okay, so it breaks down. The song breaks down a little bit here, just for, for you at home keeping track. Then it comes back up. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, now I'm going to pause you right here. How that fucking beat comes back in with the, the oh man. I love songs about the Great Salt Lake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean the song has no meaning whatsoever. Even if you know all the lyrics, like it sounds like gibberish. Uh, but it just sounds like a triumphant summer afternoon. Global Fest was a free concert for charity of some kind. Olivia Wilde was there. But Black Keys played, Band of Horses played, Foo Fighters played, Neil Young played, and there was a fifth band that I don't remember who like opened for all of that. So good i like them a lot yeah my dad loves their one song that was in that commercial that car commercial the funeral probably yeah yeah this is also again another pitchfork darling from the early aughts also it's like horses can't play music they don't have fingers <laughs> so like what is, yeah, i mean terrible band name yeah i'm allergic to horses <laughs> mr hands can't wear horsehair pants can't get fucked by a horse I mean, I could, right. but I'd have an allergic reaction to it. So, man, so I got some bad news. The next two songs of yours we're going to be talking about later. They're higher on the people's list. Number 74, you have One Thing by Amory. Okay. Higher on someone else's list. So, so number we're going to talk about more later. Yep. Okay. Number 73, you have yeah. Yonkers by Tyler, the Creator, oh, okay. which we'll talk about later. Okay. I, I've got deep thoughts on both of those. But so number 72, you're going to have Title Track by Death Cab for Cutie. Ah, uh, yeah. So going back to the sensitive. Boo. No, 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 no. Don't boo this. Hey man, they're named after a Beatles track. That's cool. So, they're they're a Beatles lyric. Which so one? What song? I don't know. <laughs> I only heard, I only heard that on the radio like a month ago. Cool. So, so there are two. So Sergeant, I, uh, it's like fucking the Yellow Submarine. I love uh, I love Ben Gibbard's lyrical style. I think his his the actual his, the writing of lyrics is very poetic. He's, he has a line right here. I'm gonna pause. So you know, he says like, "Touch the lead to your page, to the pages of your manuscript," instead of just saying like, you know, writing. Uh, Touch the lead to your pages. I really like. Hold and, on. And uh, his style has always been kind of poetic and like not novelic a little bit, but uh, there's a, there's a point coming in after the first chorus also where you kind of like the production value right now is intentionally muddied where it kind of sounds like you're listening to this song underwater and it snaps clear after the first chorus i love that but mostly this is just a song going back to something we talked about in a previous episode of emotional touchstones and, and this is a band that i've for a, for a decent amount of my 20s i really loved and this was kind of the first album and the first song that i got into by them and so it's associated with a lot of memories in my mind, but this is where the production change is coming in right here. About halfway in. Ah. Just a neat little trick. The floor yeah. floor rises up. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Matt, what you got for us? So the song became... <laughs> the song Death Cab for Cutie was by this... Uh, the Bonzo Dog Band. Oh, uh, the Bonzo they Dog featured Band. featured on, sure. on the Magical Mystery Tour show. Oh, I had and no then idea. So it's Beatles cut. adjacent. Yeah, wait, can you play that real quick? Death Cab for Cutie, the song? I don't think I know it. Why not? Good luck trying to find that in Google search. Let's vamp a little bit. So, do the birds fuck the bees? How exactly does that conversation go? 
<laughs> Anyone have that conversation no, with I think their parents? I think it's like the male and female birds and the male and female bees. Oh, well, that's not... When you talk about the so birds and the bees... how come there aren't many restaurants with a bird on one door and a bee on the other? I don't even think I've Ooh, ever seen it. What? Well, no. <laughs> For the bathrooms. Oh, good Remember point. Remember, Joey sent that abstract like sequence yeah, right. of lines that we had to try to figure out which was which? What is the, ma- is the, the bee male system. because of the horn? I would assume the stinger. Yeah, and oh, I call the stinger a horn. <laughs> no, wait, no, because you're still now you're still working your bee anatomy, Bob. You're still talking about the concept of a bee having sex with a bird, and that's not what the birds and the bees. No, is. I think it's more. No, like, it's about a bee having a sex with no, a bird. No, no, no it's I, not. I think part. No, I think part of it is you're teaching gentility to women and aggressiveness Here to is men. Death cap for so you're saying the bee stings and the bird is is. Nice looking it's and taking this thing. Like, uh, birds got a bird, bees got a bee. Right, you know? well, right. That's the, that's the message. It's just like I had no idea this is where this band's name came from. T I L. Tub talk, teaching me something new. This is good. Yeah, this is a good song. Beatles liked it, and it says here. It says here it was. It says here. Look at that album art too. Racist. Bonzo Dog Band performed the song in a 1967 episode of the TV series "Do Not Adjust Your Set," in which the band is gushingly introduced by Michael Palin. So this, cool. So this is a, this is a enthusiastically endorsed by. Mighty Monty Python. I like it. This is shit that's like we're not anywhere near. Next up, we have some guy named. I think this is a good one for the intro. The Audrey or Aubrey? Oh. Gene Gene Audrey? Take care. Cowboy. Okay. Cowboy music. Gene Ertle. Drake is an artist that I'm very conflicted about. I have a love-hate relationship with him. And this song is... This was one of his first real, real big hits. This is representative of kind of everything he's done after in that... Who is this? Drake. Drake. Drake featuring Rihanna. So this song is great for everything except Drake. Like, Drake is fine. Drake is like a... You could replace him in this song with anybody else and it would be the same song. This song is great because of Rihanna and because uh, this is uh, the production. This is actually uh, Jamie XX, who's one of the XX members. Uh, this is from an album he did, a collaborative album he did with Gil Scott Heron, of all people. And the song, the, the, the beat, the production, and Rihanna are what make this song Perfect. Drake is whatever, but this represents everything he's done. He's kind of written other coattails, and he's kind of co-opted other genres and other cultures, and um, that's sort of what his biggest hits have been made off of. And um, that's what he did here. You know, he took like a British dub, you know, drum and bass song, and put Rihanna over it, and made a huge hit out of it. So I feel like we've established all of our arch nemeses. Yours is Drake in the crosshairs. You have Jay-Z in the crosshairs. And you have Colin Jost in the crosshairs. <laughs> Next up, who, who, who are you looking to uh, put on warning? Whoever doesn't like Paddington 2. But, oh, that's me. Before you move on, I think this is the last of my songs. Can we just? I just want to like let this song ride until Rihanna comes in again because we haven't like listened to her vocals and I think. Is there any any non-Lindsay person that you love more than Rihanna currently drawing breath? Rashida Jones. It's just a, a beautiful. And Rihanna's awesome. Yeah, he, he, here's Tom raised up in his chair at least three <laughs> inches. 
if you let me, here's what I'll do. I'll take care of you. Is a great, is a great line. But, um, yeah, but the question is, people, to answer your Rihanna or Rashida Jones? What? If you can only pick one, I don't mean like your mom and stuff. Drew Brees. <laughs> Rashida Jones or Rihanna? Answer the question. Uh, oof. I mean, depends on what. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number seventy-five for Bob in our bedroom after the war. Oh man! All right, I was gonna go to the bathroom. Fuck, Mary kill for this song. Rashida Jones, Rihanna, Lindsay. What? No. <laughs> no, stop it, Joey. I forgot to pay attention. On Bob's intros. <laughs> yeah. Well, Rihanna Jones, Lindsay. <laughs> no, <laughs> what? No. Let's talk about this song. Uh, Stars is is a very theatrical band, but this song I think of. Um, there's something I think about with. There's something like Matt was talking about the Iraq War before, and I think of this song with regards to the Iraq War and, and sort of growing up and becoming an adult during the Iraq War. And there's something in this song where it goes, uh, we won or we think we did, which is really devastating to me in, in a very meaningful way. Which is kind of funny because, not funny, but I don't know what the right word is, because stars, they're equating, stars has never been a political band. Yeah, they're, right. they're, they're using war as a metaphor for love and relationships which is and the bullshit. struggle. Right. So, but it's funny that you took like it the not very literal of what way. Doing fully, yeah. yeah. You yeah. took it the very literal way when they meant it in a completely other context. Yeah. Well, I, I think, I mean, it goes to sort of what I was talking about before. I, I'm like 100 percent in a political mode right now because we're talking a lot about the 2020 political. You're wearing a Jesse Jackson hat. I'm wearing a Jesse Jackson for president 1988 hat right now. Keep hope alive, by the way. <laughs> was 80 years at 92 was the uh, front runner year. That's 88, man. So that's the same year. So you yeah, got Gary Hart. You're yeah. repping two candidates in this election? In this I'm not election? repping Gary Hart, man. Gary Hart's a fucking creep. Gary Glitter, too. Maybe it's the Scaries. <laughs> yeah. Counselor Exhibit A here. Bob's favorite movie last year, The Front Runner. The Front Runner, yeah. He's very clearly a Gary Hart. No, no, no. Supporter. I like The Front Runner because it brings Gary Hart down, man. So what, what else do you like about this song? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's doing... Uh, Derailed. <laughs> you derailed me. Uh, I, okay, so it's making the personal, the, the personal political in a way that like it doesn't even matter if that's what they're talking about. That's what I take it as. Yeah, yeah. Right. The idea of um, like we were talking before about how love, it, you need love to start a revolution, and so their metaphors for for like up in the bedroom after the war, like that's what I I, I think of. Man, I think that like you need love to turn things around. And it is a war, and, it, and and but it's a war like the polit. What what am I talking about? <laughs> what is happening right now? I'm like having some sort of like I'm sundowning, guys. You're what? Take your sunglasses off. <laughs> you say you're slumdogging? <laughs> um, I said I'm sundowning. Oh. It's not that dark in here. Take your sunglasses <laughs> off. Take your hat off. <laughs> the living or dead, and the dead are all living. The war is over, and we are beginning. Um. <laughs> What's happening? All right, next song. <laughs> We've reached our I- I- emotional apex. Rescue right, me, Tom. I also love stars. And uh, the band's name is Stars. I'm saying yeah. yeah, without even knowing the band's name. Yeah, they're a, they're a Canadian band that was in like the group with like Broken Social Scene and a few other bands of that and fucking spiritualized it right right and spiritualized fucking week. Yeah, 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 for sure. The name is Stars. Um, melodr- d- melodramatic, like that's their thing. Um, elevating, they, they, they're the, Canadian. Elevating like the romantic to like the 
I don't know, just uh, epic. <laughs> yeah, they're using they're using war as like war, which is something that you maybe shouldn't use as a metaphor for right, things. Right, right, right. Right, like anytime someone is like, like how narcissistic can it possibly be? Right. Is war is definitely as a metaphor like, for your own yeah. feelings. Yeah, it's yeah, real it's war. It's happening it, right it, now. It, it captures. It definitely captures like the band. Which is a band of adults. Yeah. Is definitely That's why people like, want to strangle emo people sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, the world's suffering yeah. is about you. Yeah. Really? They definitely cap you. They definitely capture, and I have a star song further down on my list. But they they capture that feeling that like when you have when you're like 20, where like every personal little thing to you feels like the fucking biggest thing in the world. But you can take the song away from them and make it also just about war in general, which is what I'm doing when I listen to this. But, but you have to put in a lot of work to do that because they're not presenting it as that. Well, I'm a workhorse, man. I will... I'll take anything away from you. You're finding diamonds in the rough, man. Number 74, Dry Your Eyes by The Streets. Mushrooms. I would almost actually prefer Tom talk about this song than me because he's... Tom 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 showed me this band. Um, This is part of a concept album that is about a breakup Mm -hmm. um, and... Uh, I, the, the, the funniest thing that I remember about this song is that they hired Chris Martin to do the to do the chorus, and then they fucking fired him because it sucked. Yeah, uh, I don't know, man. I, when I listen to this now, like, and Bob's right, this was very like I was very into this in like 2003. I kind of listen to it now, and it's like I cringe a little bit. But well, he's not around anymore. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's, 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 he's alive, but he doesn't make music. No, he died. He was killed. <laughs> His name is the Streets. Oh, right. Yeah. Mike Skinner. Uh, he put out like three. No, he put out like four or five albums, and the first two were like the big ones. Weren't they like jungle songs? It's like drum and bass, like jungle? garage, like oh, okay. British garage. It wasn't this. No. And this was like the big departure where he looked like the artistic. It's like emo rap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why do you? I know why at the time I loved this song, but why did you I think it's very specific. It's, it's a, because of the concept album. It almost works as a play, and then this song is the emotional climax of of the. <laughs> I want to know that Tom asked me <laughs> yeah, asked that question and then went right to the bathroom to take a piss. <laughs> that was that was fucking nuts. <laughs> he like turned to him and like made eye contact and asked him a question and then left. I'm oh, answering questions. Why don't you take a shit while you're in there? Just not here to you there. I asked to set you up for the content. But I was also listening to your response. And I really had to be... I was trying to pee before the star song, but you keep picking songs that I love. Yeah, so so this is the emotional climax of, of a concept album. And so, like, if you listen to the album, this is the emotional high point. It's sort of someone making the mature decision just to, to, to allow someone to walk away. I can't say right? a word. Uh, and there's something meaningful about everything's that. Everything's just gone. That's cool, but you gotta kind of like Lin Manuel Miranda. Then absolutely nothing. I don't. I think that guy sucks. Trying to pull a close. Lin Manuel Miranda song. Yeah, he could have. But also, he probably would have made it about politics. I'm not sure what he writes the songs. Yeah, I don't know anything about him. Bob, your next song we're gonna talk about a little bit later. Annie with heartbeat. Okay, we'll let we'll let that go to to the next person. But the next song might be my favorite song of all 300. Carly Rae Jepsen, Run Away with Me. 
I like this bit, the intro. This is the first track off Emotion. Yeah, this is like 1987, like hot sax. Wait, Mance, so what do you think of Emotion? <laughs> As a concept. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do I you mean, like like emotion, or would you rather be? Or do you like some, like some, emotion? Some emotions make. Have me you feel ever bad. had one? Some make me feel bad. <laughs> Specifically, the emotion while listening to Carly Rae Jepsen's album "Emotion." Tell me about the last time you were sad. I want to know this what is, man thinks right about now, his album. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> you gotta be a little bit sad all the time. Yeah, of course. Uh, part of the this, I mean, this is uh, why are you asking me? This is Bob. Song. Carly Carly Rae Jepsen is, I, I think, the best pop artist currently like bubblegum pop uh she's she's great she's touching on some sort of emotion everyone in the room is dancing right now <laughs> i've never even heard this song oh, it's great this, you al- should, this album is yeah so it's it's good. it's so like it's pure in a way that like definitely when i was 17 i would have been like fuck carly ray jepson remember when i sent you my spotify most listened to and you're like you weren't fucking around with carly ray jepson like it's because of this album well, it's this album. This album also has the title track, Emotion, and also uh, every song on it is perfect. Oh, so let me tell you a story. When I was working at a university, I went to my mailbox, and I was singing the song Boy Problems to myself. You know, Boy Problems, yeah. I've got them. And then some dude from, like, he was a medievalist. A what? <laughs> a medievalist. Like uh, a knight? No, no. He's got his PhD in, like, medieval shit. Oh, like, okay. Like, uh... And he was like, just heard me singing it, and it was. Man, you're not wrong for not understanding what that meant. <laughs> you guys don't know about medievalism. I know uh, all I know about medievalism. Does he is LARP? The, is the time in the, the summer season times. when soft was the sun, and whatnot? You got yeah. some Canterbury Tales. That's not from the Canterbury Tales, but you know. Anyway, Matt, you should <laughs> listen to this album. He, everyone should like listen. Like yeah, the whole album yeah. is so it's, it's, good. It's smart so pop good. music. Yeah. Listen to Madonna. It's the same. It's also like emotionally pure pop music. Yeah. And also, it's, it, like you really feel the the like like Carly. Every Carly Rae Jepsen song is about longing in some way. It's one relationship that went real bad. Yeah, and it's there's something beautiful about every it. song. She loves the the one big Carly Rae Jepsen song. Call me maybe. maybe. Oh, it's one of her favorite songs. So emotion side B is also really good. Like like the songs that weren't good enough for this. I do want to give a shout out to the other music podcast here on the Cage Girl Podcast Network. Now and again, no. Or no, because they're going to do <laughs> no. this summer. They're going to have a series of the Emotion Minute. We're going to talk about each song for an episode. So. Oh, Christ. Okay. Next up, we have a rap group that does a metal thing by having a name of a song that is their band name on their band album name. Run the Jewels by Run the Jewels on Run the Jewels. Killer Mike. Killer Mike. Yeah. And LP. And LP. Um, 71. I could have picked a bunch of different songs off of this album. But Run the Jewels is like a, a, a revelation to me in, in rap. Production is so fucking badass. Yeah, LP is incredible. It's so badass. Um, I always, always, always prefer hip hop groups to individual artists because I like the interplay. Huh? Well, we talked about that in the 80s and 90s, I think, with Wu Tang. Seems likely, yeah. You only have 40 seconds. You can go as hard as you possibly can because somebody else is going to come in right after you. That's why so many features. Just like chemistry. Yeah, and, they, and LP and Killer Mike do have like incredible chemistry. Is their chemistry as good? I like that they're both just like kind of like beefy dudes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone watching Killer Mike's Trigger Warning? Yeah, I've seen a couple episodes. 
The first episode was really good. Yeah. That's the only one I saw. I was surprised by how funny LP is. Although I shouldn't be because, like, I feel like people... Shout out Nick L. Yeah. In hip-hop, like, you kind of have to be funny, right? Because there's, like, wordplay and cleverness in a way that rock music doesn't have to. Do you follow LP on Twitter? I don't. He's He's very funny. Should I have more? I'm trying to keep my Twitter followers like at the same level as people following me versus people I'm following. So, hey Bob, did you call that company that was going to repair your iPhone? That's mean. What did you say, Jerry? I said, did you call that company that was going to repair your iPhone via Twitter? This is some inside baseball for the listeners. Bob sends a tweet, which is funny, about how, uh, how I prefer to have my finger sliced open by the glass on my broken screen. And then someone addresses me with this really someone shit. Someone being a robot. Saying, at any time, any place, we can fix your screen. Just let us know. So I try to get them to meet me at the rooftop of the Marriott Hilton in, in Muncie at 3.45 a.m. And they won't do it. They won't do it because they're cowards. And I said that it looked like a good idea. You should do it. Maybe I will do it. I also feel like that we are just telling each other's story. <laughs> and neither of them are listening. Matt's got some good dance. When everyone's dancing, I'm picking songs that people are dancing to. I like it. I, I, I heavily debated putting a Run the Jewels song on a different, a couple of different Run the Jewels songs on my list. Um, there, the second album, particularly for me, is the one. But I remember I'd known LP and I'd known Killer Mike. Yeah, as, right. As separate artists. And then I saw them at Governor's Ball together. It was between the first and the second album, so they hadn't like entirely blown up yet. And I'd never heard them together. And it was just like, oh, shit. These guys are really good yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, And obviously now they're like stars. You know? What about a Meow the Jewels album? That album is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt, you're number 75. Oh, good. Hate it or love it by the game. Maybe the game song, but this is 50's show, baby. This is the first opening verses is like one of my favorites ever. Coming up, I was confused. My mama kissing the girl. Confusing the curse coming up in the cold world. All of Matt's dances are in the same family, but all distinctly different members. I thought this was a 50 cent song. It's a game song featuring 50, but he just blows him out of the water with his own song. Do we like 50 cent? I think it's great. Hello. Got that shitty pitch. Shitty first pitch. It's like a legendary yeah. Mets moment. He's also in a Nicholas Cage movie. He gets into beefs with, with uh, uh, Floyd May- Mayweather. Remember, he was like, yo, Floyd, just read me one page of a book and I'll give you $5 million or whatever the fuck it was. It's great. 50 Cent in a movie with Nicholas Cage. Where 50 Cent plays a pimp in 1983 with hair down to here. Yeah, I love this song. It's real fun. My brother was a huge G Unit guy. Yeah, he seems like a huge G Unit guy. Napster and all that shit. And I never really fucked with it, but this song I think is is, is so fun. I like this song because it it kind of sounds like a '90s rap song yeah. in the way that it uses that old soul sample to you know. Matt, your '74 is Pendulum by Broadcast. It sounds like someone took a CCR song and distorted it. So again, driving up here, I recognized how many songs on my list had like just four on the floor beats, like, and 
That's just because drums is the core of it all. Yes. That's your heartbeat. You just want to hear songs. For me, like I just have an open open channel to my heart. So like if you're gonna uh, if you're gonna hit me with like deep rhythm, I'm fucking there. I'm in there. Yeah, I don't know much. I've, I think I've ever heard one album that this band has ever done. You know what it is like certain bands that you've heard for the first time, like just rock your whole perception of like of, of music. Yep. And the first time I heard Can, I remember just being like, oh, okay, all right, this is from when. Fuck, like, and this is totally on the same tip of like just driving psychedelic, like, what album is this? Kraut rock metal. It's fucking yeah. so good. Yeah. Definitely, I the crowd rock for it's sure. It's, it's that kind of like, sounds scary. Synth, yeah, uh-huh. and it's just just that it's driving. It's yeah. fucking robotic. Yeah, it's very menacing. Yeah, with that like, the, it, it's like the juxtaposition of the menacing instrumental with the soothing kind of female vocals. Uh-huh. This next song is by a band that we talked about in our snubs and flubs that only Matt repped. Beastie Boys, so should check it out. This may be one of their best three-way lyric interplays. It's up there with Root Down. It's up there with... This was the big single from Hot Sauce Committee Part 2, right? Yeah. No. Well, no, 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 this was before that. To the Five Burrows. Yeah, because I think this video debuted on the DVD that they, like, retrospective, that Criterion Collection actually released of their music videos. I think I think the video for this song was, like, for, like first available on that d- DVD. So, yeah, it had to be To the Five Burrows. Okay. Or, or, or just, like, a single in between albums or something. Like, this shit's... The thing about them... Yeah, yeah, this, yeah, here it is. That's not even on there. <laughs> Everything that he just said is bullshit. <laughs> Thank you. That not even next on song here. is by Kurt Vile the Hunchback. Let me just say, since no one else is talking about, you can play this one. But since <laughs> no one else is talking about the Beastie Boys, the thing that's great about them is every song sounds like they're just having so much fun yeah. singing it yeah, live I agree. in the studio. It's like three dudes who are still friends and have been friends yep. for twenty, and that's why they're years. that's why they're the best. Man. I got really sad when MCA died. Yep, that was a rough one. Kurt Vile the Hunchback. This is the first Kurt Vile song I heard again back in college. I used to do a lot of driving back and forth from from Monmouth to Trenton, and I would listen. I would tune into uh, shout out PBR 103.3 Princeton College Radio, the strongest college radio signal in the country. But it would always infuriate me because every single uh, radio personality would like do to like the uh, this is uh, oh they're doing NPR voice Kurt Vile yeah but like like hipster asshole of it where like they're you could they're, they're acting like they're doing it on purpose every single one of them is infuriating but like there were a couple DJs who were good and, and one of them was the guy I would, I would hear when I would drive there like at night and he played this and I remember he just called it he's like casually just kind of like yeah it's profile competition for jam of the year and I was just like I trust what he's saying and I was just like yeah that fucking was the jam of the year that shit like I, I, I love everything Kurt Vile's done but I just this feels very, very. Maybe he's from Philly, 
and I listen to him a lot in Philly, so it takes me back to, the, to those times and this song specifically of just like being on fucking Mark and Frankfurt line, early ass in the morning, just chugging along. But this song fucking is. Uh, I don't know Kurt Vile at all. Oh, you should listen to Well, you got a Kurt Vile story, don't you? Kind of. Um, during the brief period as a, uh, as a music journalist that, that Matt had mentioned earlier, I had written something about how Kurt Vile, who, whose albums I do genuinely really like, was also one of the worst live acts I've ever seen in my life, which is something I stand behind. I'd seen him twice at the time when I wrote this, and I've seen him another time since then. Is this the guy that you wrote a bad review about that he invited you back? Well, thank you for ruining <laughs> the <on>. story. <laughs> you leaned back like the story was done. Damn, Joey. That's not on me. Grind those talons down, baby. You, you really got you really got those producers' instincts, huh? You know you know when to let the story breathe, huh? God produces. So anyway, hey, I'll edit yeah. around it. Continue. So, so like Joey was saying, no, 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 no. I'll edit it out. I'll bleep it. So so I wrote a you know I wrote something about how as much as I like Kurt Vile's albums, I thought he was just genuinely really bad live, and his. Uh, his publicist, who was a very sweet man considering the circumstances, I, I don't remember his name, said, hey, you know, Kurt would like to change your mind. Come check him out at this show, such and such in the future. And I saw him again, and he was better the third time. So I've seen him three times. The third time I saw him, he was better. I just think he doesn't... What year was that? 2015? It was, I want to say, like two albums ago, or three albums ago, maybe. Um, okay. Waking on a Pretty Days, mm-hmm. that album, uh, I think, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, but I only asked because I saw him in like 20, maybe 11. Okay. And that was great. I mean, it, that was right when the Union Transfer just opened, so like it was experiencing the new yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. But was that Smoke Rings for My Halo? Was that, was that that album? I don't remember. But it's not Reddit. Last song in this group. I'm gonna let you replace my last song already? in this group. In this in this group, in this five. Uh, that if you want, if you want to replace it, I will let you replace replace it. Ryan Adams, this house is not for sale. Problematic. If you want to replace I'm it, the, I don't buy in. The, I, I can totally separate the artist from his transgressions and his art. Yeah. But, yeah. but and, fuck know, Ryan Adams. I'll say listening to this on the way up, like. Again, I'm coming at this from a perspective of my ranking is irrelevant until I get to like the top ten. Just for the sake of it, I, this should be lower. This is really the only Ryan Adams song I ever knew, and I really dug it. And it hit me a certain way emotionally at the time that I'm realizing now I don't really feel anymore. I don't know if it has to do with any of this shit, but... I'll continue in the next round of songs. Again, I got enough dad rock on here. I don't know. I don't need him in this list. Matt's, we're kicking off your next group with the Get Up Kids and Suck Arbor. It. Um. So, this is a situation where I mean, I really like this song. Um, but as I thought back, you know, we've we've touched a few times on like the 
the concept of emotional touchstones from putting together this list. The Get Up Kids, even though I don't really connect with them anymore, and I never listen to them anymore, when I think back to, you know, the time when, when, when this music was put out from 2000, you know, as I consider the last 18 years that, that we're considering, the Get Up Kids were such a big part of my life for a decent chunk of that that I felt wrong to not include them in some way. And so this was the song I picked. Can you tell me what album this is on? This is on one of their EPs. Red Letter Day and Woodson. Red Letter Day and okay. Woodson, yeah. Who is this? Get Up Get Kids. Up Kids. Hi. Know, Weezer. This was, you know, super yeah. into Weezer in the early 2000s. And when I, it was that mix of, like, emo and pop punk and, uh, yeah. I really love Out of Reach. That's a song that's, yeah. that was... Yeah, that was on their next album. I feel uh, like yeah. this this type of song represents, like, the border between me and U2. Because I feel like U2 have, like, a lot of common ground in this type of music, and I just have no yeah. context at all for this stuff. Because you're, like, uh, maybe, but you like, were cooler, like cooler yeah. than we are. So, like, I wonder what, right, what that... <laughs> that's what it is. Well, disagree. That's, that's not I wasn't cooler like. than you guys. But I wonder, like, we're cooler than all, like, Weezer. We My all whole... loved Weezer. They all meant yeah. the same to us when we were that age. Like, I wonder what prevented you from taking the leap into this that we didn't have. Because, like, could you... Like, what, what would you call this? Punk? This is, like, a, a mix of, like, emo and pop punk. Yeah. Like, this couldn't be called hardcore by anybody no, at no, the no, time? No, no. This is, I, I would say this is emo. This is in the, in the realm of... Jets to Brazil and saves the day and that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, see, I really like Jets to Brazil and I really liked that Jimmy World album. Yeah. But kind of like, I like that stuff because it sounded like grungier. Right. Than like this. This yeah. sounds like mall rock. Emo is a is a very like is being used as a very <laughs> mall rock is a real. That's like a diss. But I get it. it. Sure. That's how I, I get feel it. though. That's where. That's why I can't get into it. <laughs> I get it though. And emo is being used as a, like a very catch-all phrase for a lot of shit that doesn't sound at all alike. And I think this is on one end. Yeah. And Jets to Brazil and Jawbreaker, obviously. And a bunch of other acts are on like a, the complete opposite end. Yeah. To that point, like I have one song on my list that, that is what I consider like on this side of that fence. And like, it's cool to, to me because it's like my one song that right. I really like. Right, yeah. Right. Next up, Ockerville River with Black. Do you guys? Do either of you guys know this band? Nope. nope. I mean, I know their name, but, but I love electric piano. I think I hear it. I think both of you would really like this band in general, and I think that there was a time they had like a three album stretch where I thought they were the best band in America. Wow. Like I thought that they like he 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 being Wolf Chef, the singer songwriter. Better than the Foo Fighters. <laughs> is such an incredible songwriter. He's such a he's such an incredible lyricist and songwriter that. Um, that I really thought that there was nobody better than them. This song in particular is super dark because uh, he's singing from the perspective of somebody who's who's talking to a woman who's been sexually abused. And, oh boy! And and he's angry, and you hear like the vitriol in his voice. And there's a point in later on in the song where he says, you know. But if I could tear his throat, spill his blood between my jaws, and erase his name for good, don't you know that I would? And uh, so he's a real Liam Neeson. No, no, Liam Neeson is also problematic, like Ryan Adams. But um, it's it's a very again, it's a very like not it's, it's a very urgent song, and you can hear, especially as it goes on in his voice, you can hear the anger and the fucking like violence in his voice. 
and I think he's a brilliant lyricist and a really good songwriter. Mans, I have a question for you. Will I ever be able to see this band's name and not first think Overkill River? I don't know. That's a, that's a question for you, man. Why are you asking me that? Number 68. We didn't have any Overkill on our Super 90s and 80s list kid. either. Yeah, overkill rules. <laughs> no, Venom. Channel Orange. Yeah, Frank Ocean. Is that an Elton John sample? No, but but that's the first thing you think of, right? You think of Benny and the Jets, like it's, which is part of the reason why I love this song. He also um, he also samples, not samples, but he kind of like steals the melody from that song "Real Love" from the '90s by Mary J. Blige, that Mary J. Blige song, um, which you'll hear in a little bit. This also, do you know this song? No. This has one of my favorite Earl Sweatshirt verses. Um, where he just Earl has this like super deadpan delivery. So this song is all about it's all about like judging rich kids basically, and um, and uh, Earl has this fantastic deadpan verse that just he comes in and sounds completely disinterested, but kills it like Earl always does. What year is this from? Twenty. 14, 15, yeah, 2013, somewhere in that range. Can you skip ahead? Uh, well, hold on a second, actually. Well, what's interesting, and I don't want to skip ahead to the next song, but both this song and the next song are off albums from which members of Odd Future come out as bisexual. He's Gatorade time. Oh, yeah. So, okay, so skip ahead to, uh, to, two, to two and a half minutes in. I want to hear the, Gatorade like, 225. Time. I want to hear the Earl verse. Go back. Yep. All right, listen to this Earl verse. And you hear the end of the real love thing that he kind of pulls off here. Here comes Earl. Close your eyes to what you can imagine. We are the Zanny Nash and Caddy Smashing, Braddy Assy, Maddie Snatching, Daddy's Jagging, use the shit for batting practice. Adam and Annie Thrash. Unbelievable. Purchasing crappy grand. I also appreciate the baseball connection. Panic and patch me up. NLCS game four. By the way, the uh, Boston Red Sox are World Series <laughs> champions. <laughs> Just to update your previous podcast. Uh, Mookie Betts, MVP, American League, National League MVP was Christian Yelich, right? NL MVP, yeah. yeah. Ass eater extraordinary. Cy Young's? Next song. Cy Young. David, uh, Jacob DeGrom. My boy Blake Sell. I think that was one of your things. Your best right, things we, of 2018. Go to the next song. Next what? song also, DeGrom. again, from an odd future member coming out as bisexual. 911 Mr. Lonely by Tyler the Creator. So we're going to talk about Yonkers oh, later. Yonkers appeared earlier on my list. We'll talk about it later, but it's been fascinating watching Tyler the Creator develop as an artist over the last however many years. From the beginning you could tell that he was just a brilliant musical mind and um, lyrically, you know, he's kind of grown up in front of us. But this song First of all, it has that like day in the life thing where it, it be, it's three different songs in one song, which is super impressive. And um, you know, this is like a Jackson Five kind of song. This this kind of vibe, like at the beginning of the song. But it's all about what I love about Tyler. What Tyler's become is that he's totally open and totally like willing to be vulnerable in front of everybody. So this yeah. song is all about loneliness and how fucking lonely he is and just, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, the name of the song is 911 slash Mr. Lonely. He basically is pleading with somebody to keep him company and to talk to him so that he doesn't call 911, which is a very interesting thing for a rapper to be like open about. He's always been at his best when he was vulnerable instead of like the other like like shit where yeah. he's 
like being mean or being like intentionally subversive or something. Like the best thing about Tyler has always been when he's been like, like look at who I really am. Right. Exactly. He has a line here. You know, I'm the loneliest man alive, but I keep on dancing to throw him off, which is just remarkably vulnerable for him and and honest and open. I feel like I'm lonelier than he is. But married and bored, single and lonely. Who said it? Who said it? You know, he said... Come on, we're talking about the time period. Steven Root. No. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know... Personal hero, Steve Root. Chris Rock, man. He says here... uh, Rock this. I'm trying to find... Best book ever written. You know, he he says, I know you're sick of me talking about cars, but what what the fuck else do you want from me? That is the only thing keeping me company. Which, you know, so many rappers... You know, the, 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 the cliche about rap is like, oh, they only rap about how much money they have or their possessions. And he flips that into being like, yeah, I ha- I, I, that's all I talk about because I've got nothing fucking else. Yeah, all conspicuous consumption in a capitalist society is the, is the result of personal insecurity. Yeah. Cultivated by that same society. But he's right. But he also... A, an onslaught. Shout out to Das Kapital by Karl Marx. But Shout out to Steve Engels. messaging. Steve Engels? Is that the guy? Anyway, no, but he, but he, he, the the ultimate point here is that he does this all in a fucking jam. Like this song jams, and musically, it's incredibly impressive. Number sixty-six. Here's the third song. The song. Number sixty-six. Saint Simon. Nope. Sorry. Spoilers. So good. So good at being in trouble by unknown mortal orchestra. Yeah, this song is just a vibe song. Uh, great production. Great. I love the guitar. I love the guitar sound. I love his vocal style. And I love the chorus. You know, she's so good at being in trouble, but she's so bad at being in love. Uh, that's all I got. I is was this just, from the second one or the one after? This is from the second one, man. I don't think I've ever heard this of this one. School. Oh, you did. They're, they're, they're a great. really great band, yeah. They're uh, a great live band. Yeah, yes. But yeah, this 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 is just a cool vibe song. Yeah, for some reason, I didn't dig this album. I loved the first one, but this I did not dig this one. Ours, yeah. It's got very erotic cover art. Does it? Something like it some like sixties babe in a cheap beach. Oh, that's not very erotic. Well, as again, is Joey telling on himself? Yeah. This? <laughs> Jesus, Joey. <laughs> Sexy yeah, Lisa I, I Simpson. Cool stuff. Did you say this was from? Their, se- their second album just called like two in Roman numerals. Was there? Was it in like a show or a movie or no? Not that I know. So the, the thing that my my problem with knowing where these songs are from is because when we went to Scotland for Real's wedding, which we talked about it on a previous episode, I listened to this out al- like this playlist was all I listened to. For oh like yeah, a week. we listened. We drove to uh, Edinburgh and listened to this hundred song playlist on the way there. Oh, that's nice. That's a nice shared memory. You guys yeah, have. me and Dee in the back. Tom and Lindsay in the front. I remember everybody kissing. Yes. <laughs> I knew this was a good, a strong couple, strong connection when I saw them both dance to Bombs Over Baghdad by Outcast. Spoilers. I'm just saying, it might be, you already spoiled that it's on all I three of your lists. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I ate all that shit. <laughs> all right. Bob, you're number seven. Oh, I'm excited for Matt's uh, reaction. Let's, let's this. finish this and then we'll order pizza pies. <laughs> Ween, it's going to be a long night. Let me ask you a question and go pee. It took a while. This is the best Motorhead song. (laughs) It took a while, but we got to Ween. It's not the last. Tell you that much. I do want you to know 
those of you who are recording, this will be our longest episode. Oh, this is going to take a long time. Yeah, it does. Oh, we are. Uh, Dean Ween. It's a Dean rocker, man. Uh, yeah, it is. You, you, every now and then you get Dean singing, and he, uh, you know, his aesthetic choices are different from Gene's aesthetic choices, and he leans closer to, to the, you, you know, Sabbath and Motorhead. You bring the razor blades, I'll bring the speed. Uh, so our mutual friend uh, Heener, our mutual friend Heener, instead of instead of talking, we should just sing every song that's on our list. So our mutual friend Heener had a radio show in Montclair. And he started every single episode <laughs> with "It's gonna be a long God, night." And that is the is best the way the to start man. every episode. Heener is, is the greatest man. man. Shout out, fucking Heener. Number Shout out sixty-nine. Another song not on Spotify. Tool with the Pot. Director Morgan Rout. What album is this? It's from Ten Thousand Days. So it hinges on a metaphor of of the pot being, uh, you know, both uh, the pot calling the kettle black, and then the chorus, or the, the 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 signature line of the chorus is, uh, "You must have been high." So he's doing two things, two things with the the lyric, the pot. Um, this is the best song off Ten Thousand Days. Tool is one of those bands that that fans are sort of feverish about them getting a new album out. And they only come out with about every five or six years. And this was coming off of Lateralis, I think. Yeah. So 10,000 Days is after that. And so everyone was hungry for this. Um, Tool uh, is a band that instrumentally and vocally is unique. Danny Carey's an incredible drummer. Maynard's an incredible and very intellectual lyricist. And uh, they're doing a lot of stuff here. But most of all, Tool rocks. You can, dismiss, you. you can dismiss any sort of intellectualism or any metaphors or anything and just, like, you know, groove to it and just uh, feel the song on, on a level of, of uh, just being rocked by it. You get a new album depending on the yield of the Napa crop that year. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Yeah, we need more that lead singers. That motherfucker gives way more shits about his wine. We, we need more lead singers with vineyards. Yo, the beginning of this song made me think of another flub I forgot from last round. We didn't have any Chemical Brothers on that shit. That's right, yeah. I should have put Black Rock and Beats on my list. Number 68. I hope I grab a live version. It is Stu with Come Down Now Live. I think this is right. Yeah. So this is a song from the musical Passing Strange. I I would guess that this is the only song from a musical that we have on our list, unless one of you assholes has a Hamilton There's song. No Hamilton. Okay. No. Who are we, Rollins and Peggy? Good. Good. Are you a big musical guy? You know, I like musicals because I think something that this podcast is sort of getting at is that musicals. Music has a way of accessing emotions that we maybe don't get through narrative, right? There's something about someone singing. There's something about uh, drums and guitar 
that can unlock parts of yourself that are meaningful beyond things like dialogue and narrative. Yeah. Um, Do you have a favorite musical? Uh, I'd have to think about it. I went up until a couple years ago thinking, like, I don't like musicals. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, I love musicals. I think maybe Five Years is my favorite musical, um, which was made into a movie with Anna Kendrick. Yeah, I bought that blue um, You definitely turned on musicals, Joey, when La La Land came out. That was what did it for you, man. I'm no, not it was a, before that, but, like, not a fan. When we, had the, when we started the Ryan Gosling podcast on this network, Boyfriend Material, my friend fucking hates La La Land. I have to defend it. I don't like La I don't like La La Land either. I liked La La Land. I think I, don't, I didn't like. I didn't. Right. I didn't. I was totally disappointed. I didn't. Well, I didn't best picture like it, but I liked it. Let me just say this: I think that a, a Broadway musical is mankind's apex creative output. I don't think there's a thing. Wow. We, I don't think there's a thing that we've done yet that, like, when done well, isn't the highest achievement you can muster. So, in 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 that context, then then Passing Strange is a really is a really. Uh, fascinating grab at that because what this song is essentially about is saying like look allow yourself to be vulnerable all you have to do she keeps saying all you have to do is ask me right she's just saying like you need to allow yourself to be vulnerable to me and I'll love you and uh, societally that is our greatest symptom for our weakness is that we're, we're afraid of vulnerability um Spike Lee directed the movie version of this, which was just an adaptation of this. It's not even an adaptation; it's just a recording of the stage play. And uh, this song I like is just, yeah, this song is, is is the highlight of that whole thing. Do you like Rent? Did you like Rent live? I have a kind of conservative-ish reaction to Rent, which is just like fucking pay your rent. What's the problem? You know what I mean? Like, like you get to not pay rent because you're doing art. (laughs) I did, however, have uh, students sing that song to me, and it was very moving. Bob, your next song is about a band, or by a band that we just talked about via text yesterday, Oasis, Songbird. Is Oasis your favorite band ever? No. No? Ween, Mountain Goats, Radiohead. I like all those bands better than I like Oasis. Oh, you like Radiohead? Um, this is a Liam Gallagher song. Liam Gallagher wrote the lyrics to this song, which is rare in the context of in the context of Oasis. Uh, this, I think, I believe this is about Liam Gallagher's step. No, that's inaccurate. It's okay. I, was, I was thinking of Little James. No, it's not. Since when do we care about that? That's what the stubs and clubs are for. Just tell an interesting story, and then you can fix um, it later. No, I, I mean, it's a Liam Gallagher love song. It sounds like a John Lennon solo song, frankly. And the criticism of Oasis has always been that they're attempting to sound like the Beatles. But I think this is a very effective song. It's so simple, and it's just about, like... It's just about music and love and how the two intersect and how, like... Maybe the best thing that you can do for someone is write a song for them. And how romantic and beautiful that is. It's nice. Because it's hard yeah, to give that someone a very the, sweet gesture. It's hard to give someone the amount of love that like like I, I'm sure that you guys have felt this before where it's like someone loves you and you just feel inadequate to that love. So you want to like enable all of your talent to respond to that, but it still feels inadequate. 
And I think that's what Liam Gallagher is doing here, which also is rare for Liam because he is sort of like, like the cock rock egotist that like doesn't have any feelings, right? So like him allowing himself to, to be this guy who's just like saying that he loves someone is it means something to me. Shout out love. Bob, your next song is Damn the That's Sack. That's why we should charge for this content. <laughs> Damn the Sack for Scroobius Pip, beat that my heart skipped. What? I ain't gonna take it no more. Who is this? Dan Lassac verse Scroopius no Pip. <laughs> British rap music. Wow. More British rap yeah. music. Yeah. <laughs> Dry your eyes, mate. I like it when white dudes rap yeah. from England. I liked it when Joey was rapping earlier. Yeah. Rex and effect lyrics. Written by Pharrell. I ain't gonna take it no more. Dan Lassac for Scroobius Pip is like essentially Dan Lassac is so a or sorry Scroobius Pip. Oh, I believe Dan Lassac is the is the uh, producer. Yeah, I've never heard of that person. It's cool album art. Yeah, Dan Lassac is the is the producer. Scroobius Pip is the rapper, and he's as you can tell, he's kind of like a, a spoken word artist, right? Yes, I can tell that. But then the beat drops. This kind of sounds like Hamilton. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> you cunt. It's a fucking powdered wig wearing motherfucker. Uh, man, I could totally see uh, Lynn Manuel Miranda doing that too. <laughs> I fucking hate you guys. <laughs> Did they ruin Dan Lassac for Scroobius? <laughs> <laughs> I deserved that, and I'll take it on the chin. <laughs> I'm sorry I called you a cunt. <laughs> Joey, you've never opened cool. this DVD. I've seen the movie, though. You know what bothers me? Why yeah, did you? Why did let's they do talk this? about the last five years DVD. <laughs> That's what we should do right now. Well, Joey inexplicably put it on the table. Yeah. Like, inspired by something you said, yeah. but I have Look, no idea what connection Why did the they put is. Anna Kendrick's name under the other person? Oh, I hate that. Right. When, what is when, this? When they, yeah. Yeah, I hate Bob that. talked about that musical. Oh. Number okay. 70 on Matt's list. Coulter Wall with Kate McCannon. I want to hear about Scroobius Pip. I don't think there's more to say about Scroobius Pip. We'll get back to Scroobius Pip later. Oh, gee, you have another Scroobius Pip song <laughs> on this album? On this list? No. Yes. <laughs> Who's so there, there was a theme. Coulter Wall? Kate McCannon. But the first thing to note about this song, this guy is 21 years old. Oh, wow. What? Wait, so who, that doesn't sound accurate. Wait, who's this dude? He's 21 years old. Who's the dude on the album then? That's Coulter Wall. He's still 21, or he's he was 20, 21. He was 21 when this came out. This, this came out like this came out like two years ago. Sorry, I just said he's still 21. This came out like two years ago, and he was 21 when it came out. And that's a picture of him at 21 years old. Listen to his fucking voice. You murder Kate. Sounds like Sam Elliott. What did he live through the first yeah, 20 yeah, years that yeah. he got to this as his voice in his 21st year? Well, so, so this is like just an old school country yeah. like bandit so, story song. And, just, uh, there's, there's a couple songs that you've had on your list so far. That if you told me it came out in 1967, I'd be like, right. yeah. Who was the one from the like, 80s? The one we were just talking about in the previous Yeah, 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 yeah. That, I mean, right. to a certain degree, you can write songs like this for the rest of the time. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's of, like, and the reason I, I, I'm, I'm go- kind of going there is because ultimately, it's a song of meeting a woman. Yeah. And she cheats on him. And he, they, like, fast forward, I, I hope I have a thing here. 
This sounds like a like this should be the theme music to True Detective right. season four, or like in a, any David Lynch movie. Or yeah. Like. yeah. So so it builds like emotionally like this. Fast forward like thirty seconds. So he finds her with some other lover. Does he have more than one album? No, just this one so far. That's why I'm really excited for his next album. It's like, it's Isn't that the best thing in the uh-huh. world? Bless you. Like, this is nothing new, but... Do you feel like So it's a song about him murdering a woman Right? So I'm driving up here listening to Classic this. rock and roll content so, so nobody gives Johnny Cash shit For killing an innocent man Or, or, his or, sick pleasure. or frankly uh, Jimi Hendrix or The Leaves right. for, for Hey Joe So, so like you the know, leaves? That's, that's the Joe, thing right? you always have to be conscious about When you're listening to music This is for the audience who isn't here Like it's a song about a man murdering a woman that he released in 2017, and I love it, and I'm a feminist, and it's fine, because it's the same thing Johnny Cash sings about, you're an outlaw in a fictional Wild West past, and like, you have to let that sort of storytelling just be what it is. It's an homage. I, I agree. Know. Next I up, go too far on Next that, up really. Matt, you have Lil Yachty with Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> on the same thematic line. Yeah. This song reminds me of Sprite. You know this song, right? Though, yeah, right? oh yeah, of course. Migos, the soda? Like, Migos is yeah, because this awesome. was in a commercial for Sprite or 7-Up or one of those. So I am the last person to know anything about like rap from basically this time period. I'm more into, I, I, I'm more up on current rap over the last two years than I was over the last like 15 years. And I kind of heard this and it just got me to realize and like give myself the, the like at least, at least, give myself the favor of checking it all out, and like the fact that there's weird shit like this yeah. that's popular. I'm, I'm totally with that. It's inspiring. It's great. Yeah, it yeah, is yeah, inspiring. Yeah, the, this is super weird. Not only because of the fact that he's singing like that, yeah. but like the production. Yeah, th- that one sound is just <laughs> like is that a crowd like, right. just being cut off so fast? Like it's just such a cool use of that sound. Man, so you think this is the great. kind of song that in season two of Atlanta, the, remember the Yoo-Hoo song? No, not specifically. But yeah, I think the sound, he's, Donald Glover is like, Pokemon, it, uh, yeah. like the SoundCloud rap thing, which, you know, we've talked about this personally because of your, you know, your, your, uh, your students. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to, to, to bring up personal details you about your life. Yeah, please wa- do. Maybe walk into the bathroom this time. Bob <laughs> <laughs> that in the bathroom. But, but, but mics. <laughs> But it is like it is incredible how fucking weird that whole scene is, and they all like they're good doing things that are completely out there. Like I had that fucking little pump song on there, right. Gucci Gang song, right, right. And that song's stupid, yeah. But this song is equally weird, and it's really like I think it's art. I think it's art. So I actually to to bring things full circle to something we were talking about. I think that's kind of the like this scene the, the SoundCloud rap scene is is kind of like what new metal was in the early 2000s where it took like an established genre and just like took weird chances on it that are like wait are you defending new metal 
No. You brought it up earlier. No. Are you laying the groundwork? What, new year, new metal. What I will say about new metal, and I have, I think in my next batch of five songs, I have a new metal song on there. But what I will say about new metal, he did air quotes. Is that is that it took chances? Like it, it, it does. It experimented and it tried new things, and not all of them work. As a matter of fact, most of them did not work. I want to personally apologize to Lil Yachty for us talking about new metal. But you listen to like little no, but I, you listen to other I don't know specifically Lil Yachty, but you listen to other SoundCloud rappers and they are inspired by new metal. Well, I think if you look at so so Lil Yachty, uh, uh, Ski Mask, the Slump God, yeah. things things like yeah, that, yeah, Denzel Curry. Like you're 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 watching um, a generation of people who have grown up on YouTube. And it's like you know, it's postmodern collage art. It's the right, it's right, the, it's right, a right. collaboration of a million different things, of uh, and and uh, essentially it's just the internet generation being the internet generation well, doing a thing where, that we this won't is what understand. We were talking about before Bob, when before these two Latos came and showed up, we were talking about how like the surge in, in you know in nostalgia movies That's is right, because yeah. the people who grew up with that stuff are now making movies. So like if you grew up on the YouTube culture where everything was available at your fingertips. Why would you not make music like this? All right, I'm ready to pick up the pace and blow through the rest of these five. Yes, we'll we'll two, before we get there, before we get there, with each other almost. This is this is no, this is you who Clark County. What? This is from Atlanta. This is what I was talking about before. Oh, oh shit! Everyone, this is not my song. This is more of Joey's uh, the next editorial power have. grab. <laughs> the next two songs you have are both by Jay Z, so neither are on Spotify. Oh, First wow. up, N words in Paris. Niggas wow. in Paris. It's um, called Niggas in Paris. Oof. What it's fucking called? I'm not gonna call it N words in Paris. Cut that out. I'm trying to. <laughs> <laughs> also, let's. Get, I do not let's have get, the courage this was by Daisy and Kanye West. It's not playing. Hold on. Ah. Oh. This is what happens when you don't pick a song on Spotify. Oh yeah, Spotify. we should be limited by that. Edit around this, Joey. That's why you can say all Minnesota. Minnesota. Watch the throne. Which I saw at uh, Wells Fargo. Wait, Speaking wait, of the Sixers, wait, 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 got wait. their fucking asses kicked tonight, apparently. Hold, hold, hold. Well, today. You're it's recording, okay. right? Yeah, I am. Yeah, we can yeah, record this part. It's fine. But he's going to have to edit all this I'm not going to talk out. about it anyway. Right. So, uh, Jay-Z blew Kanye off the stage. Yeah. Like, he I just don't, I don't I don't put no that. fucking effort in it. Jay-Z is the best oh. live show I've ever seen. I so saw this song is the best live show I've ever seen. Dude, it was amazing. Honestly, it was amazing. So I'm at Bonnaroo. The crowd was enormous. It was at outside at night. It Better was, than yeah. John Fogarty? Bonner, Bonner. I skipped John Fogarty to see Ween, as a matter of fact. Bonnaroo well, face? Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's Literally, a, that's exactly what That's a scheduling what conflict fuck up by the people who, who... So this song is only available to it wasn't like it was CCR. premium members. What? We Just can't listen to it at all? Way. Oh, my it gosh. This nigga's in Paris. This song rules. It's one of the best produced songs of the era. I kind of hate this song. It's one of the most catchy, catchiest hooks of the era. I kind of hate this song. I don't know why. I just kind of. Is know. this the video with Aziz Ansari in the in the car and they're driving around like maniacs? What's the music? In, oh, Italy? can't tell me nothing with Zach Galifianakis like riding a tractor. Far <laughs> 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 North Carolina, like lip syncing. Can't tell me nothing. Yeah, this is the song six. I used to go to the next one. Please. This one, ninety nine problems. Wait, hold on. You know, is... these are these. This is one of the iconic rap songs of this span of time. There's a few lines in, like, you know, the whole, like, I'm not a lawyer, but, you know, all that what, shit. What yeah. song is it, Joey? Also, once again, not available all to that. YouTube public. You guys have heard 99 Problems. We don't even play it. Uh, Just go to the next one. It's fine. I want to skip the, I want to skip through those two. Produced, produced by Rick Rubin. 
Hey, Nine Nine Problems is a good song. Yeah, I'm with by you. Rick Rubin. I'm with you. Rick Rubin, Beastie Boys, all that. Yeah. Next up, you have Wolf Beastie Boys. Like one last shot. TV out. on the radio. Yeah. Again, almost you know, in the same way that that Nine Nine Problems is just like Wait, one of those songs. Did I not rocks. include this song on my list? You did not. Oh, I love this. Song. It's a great song. Yeah, it's great. Tom cut himself off mid-pee to come in and say that. He comes off off mid, blowing his nose from cat allergies. Oh, is that what it is? Alright, I have nothing to say about this. Let's just move it right along. That was laxative round, baby. Let's move. Laxative round. Mance, you're 65, the last group in here. St. Simon by The Shins. Bob's favorite band, The Shins. This this is a remarkably written song from a musical perspective. Somebody kill me. Uh, it's it's a no it's a, it's a beautiful song from a musical perspective. It's it, the chord progressions, everything is written. The transitions between the song between the different segments of this song. These, are these sound like songs Brian Brian uh, Wilson wrote in kindergarten. Yeah, I would say this is more is of like a, a compliment or an insult. I have yeah, no I idea. can't tell. It's both. It's 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 very uh ra- Is that what is that that that, that, that that nail it down? That's a good phrase. Let's keep it. Bakarakian. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what, if Rivers Cuomo wrote this song tomorrow, I'd be like, hey, right on, Rivers. Yeah. yeah. I never thought about Burt Bacharach playing Baccarat. Number 64. <laughs> Speaking of Burt Bacharach, somebody take his microwave. I think I have a Ben Fold song on here. 64, we are I not, not talking about because we're going to talk about it later. Big Boy with Shutterbug. 63, Ooh. The Avalanches, Since I Left You, off one of my favorite <laughs> albums. So, The Avalanches don't get enough credit nowadays for they birth kind of like the sample heavy dance music craze uh, of the early aughts that has kind of kind of lingered on to today. Is it fair to compare them in a sense to DJ Shadow or no? I get the same sort of vibe. Different, similar uh, methodologies, but like to totally different results. Like they both were very sample heavy, but DJ Shadow took it into like a dark jazzy you know, and like experimented with like metal and all sorts of industrial shit and this is like straight party music um again this is a this is a vibe like from the nerd in me uh from a from an from a a technical standpoint appreciates how they melded all of these samples and if you don't know the story behind this album at the time it came out i believe it had the most cleared samples in music history in one one album i don't know if that's true anymore um, I remember that. Yeah. Remember so, so, so the from the from the from that perspective, I appreciate how they melded all of these songs, all those sounds. But uh, it's just it's a, it's a good party song, man. Yeah. Number sixty-two here, I think, might be your new metal. I'm not sure. Knife Party. Yeah, yeah. yeah. By the Deftones. Yeah. So this is my new metal. The Deftones are always kind of like in that weird, like, are they new metal? Are they not new metal? They don't. They're not like a, a Limp Bizkit or like a Corn band. They, I don't think they're new metal. They were always more of like the tool, like they were they were smarter than that stuff. Um, and this song is just super atmospheric. First of all, Chino Chino Moreno has a, has a genuinely beautiful voice, and this song is is heavy, but it's atmospheric and it's moody. It's kind of goth, 
Um, is this your s- drum sound always stood out like a sore thumb? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this your second Deftone song? Because you would be quiet and drive too, right? Did I? I think so. It, I might have. Uh, it's been a long time Two since we recorded the last. Uh, no, this, this is the only Deftone song on this countdown. Hmm. I remember. I think Dylan had a Deftones T-shirt. Oh, in I like might for school. sure. I might and, have. And had, somebody uh, who I won't name was like, "Oh yeah, I love the Delphonics." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I might have uh, I might have had it in my 80 to 99 list okay. because I think the song that you're it be bridges. quiet and drive yeah. was like a 90s song yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but this is off of White Pony which is their best album and one that what's the name of the album White Pony is this okay. the one with the ear thing in the, on the cover no, no just, that's their first album it's a horse yeah, this is their third album and it's just a really smart gothic metal album that I think they get unfairly lumped in with uh, with with all those other metal bands of the time. Let me answer your next song, Broken Social Scene, It's All Gonna Break. How? What is this? This is like a 13-minute song, right? Uh, 10. 10 minutes song, yeah. Broken Social Scene is a band I love for a lot of different reasons, and this song kind of is the coalescence of all of the things that I love about Broken Social Scene. They're very epic they're they're few it's like a it's it's again it's like that summer rock song that that vibe but it's very epic and uh, i don't know what to say about it um it's a really grand rock song and it ends can you skip to like to the last like 30 seconds this is yet another band that i, I know the band name but i don't know what it sounds like one of my maybe like five favorite bands but listen this is how the album ends that the song is on and uh you know between like the beginning that we just heard and this end this song transitions through like seven different movements and they're all different and unique and wonderful and um Broken Soul seems like a very life affirming band and uh yeah if, if you ever want to hear what I love about them in total, just listen to that song, and it, it picks at every different piece. Now, Bob, you're number 65, The Mountain Goats, with This Year. So the chorus of this song is essentially, uh, I am going to make it through this year if it kills me. The thing that happens with Mountain Goats fans is that they all think that they own the band in a way that there's a lot of stuff that the fans get very intensely into and they think that the songs are specifically about them. Which is, can we turn it down a little bit? Um, John Darnell is one of our is one of our truly truly greatest lyricists, and 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 what he's doing is he's writing so specifically about his life. And on this album, The Sunset Tree, specifically about his uh, the abusive relationship that he has with his stepfather. But um, he always has a way of making it life affirming instead of instead of life denying. And so something like this year is, you know, it's very simply just saying that regardless of the terrible things that happen in your life you can survive and you can find the 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 beauty to to make it through to the next year you know if if you look at uh you know bill w and the big book of alcoholics anonymous one of the primary functions of the 12-step program is to say that 
No single moment is unbearable. And if you can make it through one moment, then you can make it through all the moments. Because moments just come one at a time, one after the other. So, um, no matter how bad things are, you know, you don't have to let it kill you. You can make it to the next step. And as you make it to the next step, you can make it to the next step. No matter how bad things are. And if you go, I swear to God, if you go on Twitter at New Year's and you look at John Darniels, uh, the singer of the Mountain Goats, if you look at his Twitter, you will see thousands of people saying, Hey, JD, this song helped me get through another year. And that's like the greatest gift that music can possibly give you. So that's what this song is about for me. Especially, you know, we, the world has had a tough year and we're going to make it through and it's not going to kill us. We're, we're going to make it to the next, whatever the next year is, we're going to make it there. The next song is not going to be as serious as this. Bright, Bright Eyes. Where have I heard this song before? This, this is, is on the, a... This is probably the Mountain Goat's big single. If they have a big okay. single. Next song is Bright Eyes, Waste of Paint. Uh, <laughs> that's a good song name. Waste of Paint by Bright Eyes. Um, Yellow Birds. Yeah. Tom and I saw Bright Eyes, and it was maybe the worst show that I've ever been to. It was yeah. terrible. Behind only Kurt Vile. Oh, man, I wish I could skip my next five. <laughs> <laughs> but there was something great about it in that, in that um, you know, M. Ward and, and My Morning Jacket both opened for him. So it was incredible in that sense. Uh, but this song has a Bob Dylan thing where he tries to cram 70,000 syllables into one line and still make it make it rhyme. Uh, uh, but there is something to this and that we all feel like we're, we're... We all feel shitty. And we all feel like we're wasting the potential that we've been given. And, uh, you know, it's not true. You're, you're, you're better than, you know, if you're a painter, you're better than just the paint that you sling or, or whatever you want to say about that. Optimism is true moral courage. That's Ernest Shackleton. Fucking words to live by, man. That really, it truly is. It truly is. Ernest Shackleton's the Arctic guy. It was he got his men through the fucking endurance, cha- the endurance challenge. <laughs> and you know the most, have you read that, that book at all? No. You know that story? No. I mean, I know the story. But Alfred Lansing yeah. wrote 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 the the account of it, like the definitive account, because Frank Hurley was this photographer, and he he was, went on to become a renowned World War One, you know, photographer and just just photojournalist, like one of the Mount Rushmore guys. He was on that expedition to photograph what they what they mm-hmm. saw, and you know, throughout it all, they made sure to preserve his film canisters as much as they could and his equipment. Like even though like, it, you know, it, was, it was abandon it or die kind of situation, they held on to it. And uh, it, it's the, if you find the Alfred, I'll give it to you because actually it's Stadler's. It's a picture book where it has those photographs interspersed with mm-hmm. the Alfred Lansing account, and it's it's the greatest adventure tale I've ever seen but um the fucked up thing about you know life you know getting back to before like people who wanted to end it right like who the fuck are we to draw the line at what's bearable in this world because some of those dudes who survived that endurance with with, you know it survived the greatest survival challenge of, of recorded human history came home got sent to war and were just like mown down like what kind of what kind of raw fu- how raw of a deal can you get than that? On the other hand, how 
there's not much more adventure one could experience in a trip. But, uh, sorry. Was it optimism is moral courage? Uh, it, that's where it comes from. Like, that's how you get to the next moment. Yeah. Regardless of the outcome. So, so, so this song is like sort of he goes. It's it's sort of like a series of short stories where he goes through a bunch of different people who feel as though their lives are are useless, and uh, he's he. When this album came out, Bright Eyes was a kid, man. What he twenty two? Yeah, he's like twenty two. And when I reflect on. 22 year olds feeling like this I understand it because you feel things intensely as a 22 year old but it's also like you can get through that shit man if you feel if you feel bad when you're a 22 year old I I, I don't know what to tell you like there's worse shit to come (laughs) make the determination now that you can absorb some of that like you don't need to feel all of it yeah, you gotta you gotta learn what to be upset by and what not to be upset by. But this is a this is a truly great album, and maybe his only truly great album. Well, Bob, maybe if you want to get through, oh, go ahead. Uh, I agree that it it is a truly great album. I disagree that it is his only truly great album. Uh, yeah, like the next one, more to How come. Is this guy in the grand scheme of things? Because I remember he was a big ass dealer. Yeah, I mean that's a weird question. I don't know how exactly to answer. I mean, we that. venerate the young, and we ven- we venerate like the young and talented because he was he was like he inherited some sort of like it's emo, but it's also yeah. like he has like this uh, again. Not to invoke, I, I mean, I am going to invoke Bob Dylan, but he's got like this Bob Dylan esque uh, uh, like personableness to it to his lyricism that you really feel like. Like, I can identify with this guy's pain. But he's also self-conscious to note that, like, that's kind of an act. And yeah. he's doing that yeah. to appeal to you. He, he calls himself a fraud. Like, he, he calls himself out as a fraud uh, a, a healthy amount. Um, important thing to remember, you know, Bob mentioned how he, he was young when this song came out. He started making music. Like, he started putting albums out at 14 years old. And he's about our age now. Is this a studio album track? It yeah. is, yeah. yeah. So, like, are a lot of his songs just him with a guitar? No. Uh, yeah. Depends on the album, but yeah. Like, to me, that's a barrier to entry because it's like, then you're clearly someone that I should be seeing live, and, like, that's the whole point. Like, I don't know that, like, consistently putting out music that's just yeah. a guy and a guitar, like, yeah. I can only really listen to yeah. so much of that shit. Yeah, 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 that's fair. That's fair. This particular album, and this is, uh, no offense to Bob, this is one of my least favorite songs on this album. <laughs> For that reason, because I'm like, and it's a long song, right? It's like what six minutes. Well, you know the other the song that I had, yeah. I had if you're nothing. Live, dr- like eating French fries and drinking. Yeah, beers yeah, yeah, and yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, ah, every couple of verses or whatever. I, ha- I had nothing gets crossed out as yeah. the song, and then I replaced it with the song yeah. at the last minute. Uh, but this album as a whole isn't all like this. You should give it a give it a shot at least. Let's do it. Bob, your next two songs are both by artists that I love. Number sixty three, Lily Allen with Smile. <laughs> Pure sunshine pop. Lily Allen's had some dark stories, yep. yeah. Yep. But this is like her first album, and I think this is maybe even her first single. Mm-hmm. And it was just like the birth of a new pop talent that gave that that was like, like you listen to this shit and it's sunny outside and you feel good and you eat a sandwich and you uh, you just enjoy her, man. Lily Allen, like I want to protect her and be nice to her. Do you like this album better, or it's not me, it's you? This album. I think this album. I don't really? know. Really? 
I don't know that I've given proper due to the other one is one of my maybe ten favorite albums of all time. I think it's probably I think she's somebody who and I've like checked in on all her albums. I think they've probably like musically gotten better, but I just connected with this album more because it was such a breakthrough kind of. Yeah, yeah. And this came out at the same time as The Streets or similar time. Uh, as, yeah, you know, sure. she broke through as a similar time when like it was 2005. Like, oh, sure. Britain is like you know. They're doing some cool things across the pond. For sure. Plus, you're just a big fan of Alfie Allen and Game of Thrones. Yeah. For sure. She was supposed to play Yara. I know, and he was supposed which to is, finger her on the horse ride back and very find weird. out that their brother and sister... Yeah, Bob, you haven't seen Game of Thrones. Her brother... Her, Lily Allen's real-life brother is in Game of Thrones, and she was supposed to play a role... His sister on the show, but he didn't know that. And they 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 have like an incestuous thing. Well, you know, there's a song on this album called Alfie yeah, where she calls him, him she calls him a twat. I like yeah. that song. Yeah. My like little brother's good. in his like bedroom smoking song. weed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bob, next song is Rilo Kylie, a better son daughter, which I've listened to probably fifty times. Like this is my song equivalent of the song from Mass List that you keep listening to. Like this, I keep listening to this every like once a week or more. I know that I got pretty ranty and emotional-ish about this year but this song as someone who has like like has some issues with mania this song when she gets to the part where she says sometimes you're on you're really fucking on and your friends all sing along and they love you but i forget the lyrics but i mean it's about dealing with being bipolar yeah there um but the lows are so extreme uh, that the good feels fucking cheap and it buries you for weeks in its absence. It's like if you're someone who deals with, with depression and not just depression, but the, the like extreme highs of mania and then the lows of depression, I mean, you can feel so alone when you're, when you're down and then like it only feels like people are around when you're feeling good. And this is, like, the best song that captures that that I've ever heard. And Jenny Lewis is, uh, well, let's just say right now, Jenny, when I was, like, 11 years old and I saw The Wizard, <laughs> Jenny oh, Lewis was, like, the person yeah. that I had a crush on. Yeah. And and so that she evolved into someone that I, like, truly admire as an artist. Not just as an artist, but as someone who, like, truly connects emotional truth to, to experience. And what I love about this song is that a song about being bipolar has two very, very dynamically different halves. Yeah, that's right. Aesthetically, aesthetically, it hits that mark. It fucking rules. Yeah, content uh, uh, form, form married to content in the in the most uh, you know traditional traditional sense. And I said either on the first twenty songs of this series or the first series that when I saw Beck this summer, Beck was incredible, but also. Jenny Lewis opening for him was as good and then she came back out to sing with him and like she just she's just great also it conveys the idea you, you know you fake it if you have to like that's the most like fake it till you make it is the most is the most relatable concept that any of us have ever it just exists and that's you know like the concept of fake it till you make it is like a it, it's it's a testament to courage right it's like Absolutely. a testament to like yeah you know Life sucks Optimism. for everybody at some time, right? But you get out of bed and you make the best of it all every day. You know, it's what all I you have is good enough. Yeah. yeah, I'll get through it. Nihilism is fucking bullshit, man. You just have to step up and do it. You have to do the goddamn thing. Yeah, that's right. 
Bob, you remember 61 is by a band I don't know if Matt's heard of. It's by <laughs> Ween, even if you Shit don't. Shit on my face or get off the pot. So actually, here's a real quick <laughs> fucking <laughs> cat. Big ass booger came out on that one. <laughs> on air interjection. Woo! I think we should order pizza now. Yeah. What are you guys in the mood for? We're recording all of this. Look, this song, it, Ween. Bob, this, what kind of pizza do you want before we um, talk about it? Uh, give me some. Get step on his intro. Bacon. <laughs> single fucking Bacon, time. bacon no pepperoni, uh, as long as there's no onions on it. You know, you keep, stay away from that fruit shit, man. Fuck your cat, Anyway, man. fucking Fuck white it. pepper, right? This is like the third best Beatles album. Yeah. Like, no kidding. Like, because, you know, white pepper, because it's it's the white album in Sgt. Pepper, right? But Maybe. It, this song is, is, is uh, a great Beatles song. Dude, oh, my God. I can't express how much Ween means to me in that I think we probably said this in the last album, but growing up, it was like it's the perfect marriage of like my friends like sort of potty humor tied with like this this insane like support system that is like, dude, you can fuck up and we'll still love you. Um they're just such good songwriters and, and such good instrumentalists. And uh, Tom, did you ever get around to listening to that playlist that Matt made you? I, mean, I listened to the playlist Matt made, but that was it. I through no fault for like a day or so. Through no fault of the playlist, I just got lost. I'll take a look at it again because I think I did it. I think I just did it chronologically. That's maybe not the best or, order for somebody, but I think maybe just listen true. to White Pepper because I know that you're a Beatles fan and I know that like there's like a pop sensibility to this album that like you're not gonna get. With yeah, the I pod. like this. I like this. Yeah, but it's important to understand like they're like where they started though, like because it's yeah. it sounds way different than this, but it's the same yeah. idea. Just yeah. it's a whole different thing. But also, like, lyrically, like, there's something, again, I, I feel like there's been a, a theme in this five, which is the, you know, I love you even if you don't, you've got the knife up to my throat. It's, it's like, it's like, look, like, you're fucked up mentally, but, like, I love you anyway. You need to really, like, like, there's nothing you can do to me that will stop me from loving you. And uh, that's, that's, uh, I'm also, there for that. Uh, that's where I'm emotionally at, you know? Trey, Trey Parker, and Matt Stone were in the music video for this. Yeah, what is the, the music video? Is like, they're it's like, like at a restaurant, team. right? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. What a yeah. Um, Joey's left the room, and he's normally in charge of these things. So I'm gonna vamp for a couple more minutes. He determined that we could talk enough ween that it would allow him to leave and order pizzas. Oh yeah, there's no better time to leave than during which the was ween a per- song. perfectly time to be to be honest. Yeah, because we did what we did the entire thing of covert discretion, right? Just so you oh, know, yeah. in about 25 minutes, we will have a plain pizza and a pizza with bacon and pe- uh, bacon and pepperoni. Nice. Oh baby, bacon I love you. I love you, that baby. That was a Bob. I love you. Suggestion. Okay, Matt. I have. Uh, uh, Pepsi AC for my cat that you can have. Fuck yeah! Wait, Pepsi AC? What? Pepsi AC for your cat? What is it? She has a gassy stomach. Empire of the Sun, <laughs> walking on a dream. Matt, this is a good song. I never heard of it before. You've never heard this song? No. See, that's you, part of the reason have why I have it. it on here because, like, I've heard it in this every context. Yeah, fantastic you, album art. You, you've heard this song, Bob. I've heard it in people's cars, in the mall, at the store, fucking on the radio, on a lot of different radio stations, like on my own Napster account, yeah, yeah, yeah. like in the club. Like I've heard this song, and, and I remember hearing it, and being like, oh, like yeah, wow, this song just gonna is just gonna be like 
forever. Yeah. Yep. And I, and I like it because it just sounds like gay kings from outer space. Have you seen them live? No. That's exactly what their live show is. I feel like did we talk about this earlier? Maybe gay kings yes. from outer space. Yes. And it and it completely yeah. makes sense. Like Sun Ra from it. a gay planet, and like Lily White. I, I get it. I get it. I like um, it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what this sounds like. It's great. I've like never a gay Swedish Sun Ra. Yeah. I've never explicitly sought them out live, but I've been to a few festivals that they've played at, and I've always checked them out I there. It's a great light show. And yeah, costumes that's, and that's exactly the costumes, light show. Well, the, the the vibe is I think very cool. By not going to see this, this shit everybody's live. super into it. Like it's it's a it's a great. Like, experience. I feel like this is like a probably like a worldwide hit, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, 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 they're they're like massively popular yeah. worldwide. This song's great. I don't have much more to say about it. Now. This next song is the song that I think falls on your guys' the level of our like emo fence. A pillar of salt by the thermals. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know that song, but I, I really love, love this the song. Thermals. The way this guy says his fucking the, the way he says the word dirty in this song makes me want to turn it off instantly every <laughs> single time I hear it and every single time he says it. But but it's good enough that I don't. Like I don't do it. I dig it. I dig it so far. You'll hear it when it happens. It's it's. I think it happens early on. Yeah, this is good. Like this has a lot of propulsion. This is a fucking pedal to metal song. Like the drums, or, or I mean the guitars propel us up. The drums are like trying to keep up. It's cool. Matt, your next song. Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. We gotta hear wait. this part. <laughs> this Sorry, is like a three-hour podcast. <laughs> we haven't done two and a half minutes. Sorry, I, I he has on a pillar of salt. He hasn't said dirty yet. I don't. Know, it's coming up. The way he says dark is is close enough. All his D's. The body, the blood, and the machine. This comes from. Right, here it comes. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it is a, it's nails on the chalkboard. <laughs> but but fucking hey, this song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a good song. There's like a song um, on this album. I think it's the first song on the album where it's about it's about Noah and the Ark, right? And he's speaking from the point of view of God, and he just says. Here's your future. It's gonna rain. Oh, and that's so fucked up. Yes. <laughs> but here's your future is the name of the song, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that song's awesome. Yeah. Here's your future. Yeah. It's gonna rain. Yeah. Like good luck with the rest of your life. <laughs> it's fucking raining, and I am killing everyone. You're never recovering. Yeah. All right. Number sixty-three. Sharon Van Etten with one day. This song makes me think of my wife. Aww. I'm a, I'm a big Sharon Van Etten fan. That's just it. it. Like she loves this song, and I love. And so she put this song on. A, on she made a playlist for Violet to fall asleep to on my old iPod. She was like, "I'm gonna go through your iPod and make playlists for her, her like lullabies." And she did it all on her own, and, and she put it played every single night. Wait, who did this? Who? Who is this? Who? Sharon Van Etten. No, no, no. But who made the playlist? Lisa. Oh, Lisa. So every single night for like the last three months, like, this playlist is going. At some point, 
Queen's on there, Warren Zevon's on there, like all the good lullabies. It's, I love it. And, and this song specifically is one that, that like, I think she had to download onto my iPod to put it on here. So, I love that, like, it's interesting because you're going to see this more in the next one, the 60 to 79 list. But, like, I grew up with my mom Spoilers. Tell, showing me David Bowie and the Kinks and, and, and the Beatles and, and things like that. And those songs hold a lot of meaning to me because of that. And so it's interesting to think of, of, of Violet and Lorelei in the context of, like, you guys, like, sort of, like, like them making connections to music. Yeah. That doesn't have anything to do with the music itself, but it's the context of the music and them associating yep. that with their love for you yep. and, like, the comfort of being a child in bed while their parents are, like... Yeah, it's really special. Yeah, it really, it really is. And this is a great choice for a lullaby song, too. Matt, your number 62 is Gojira, I guess Godzilla, the shooting star. So so I listen to a ton of metal. This is like a total left turn. <laughs> Going from really emotional... Uh, is this named after stuff. Godzilla? Yeah, is it, Gojira is how you pronounce it. Jap- like, that's Japanese. What, that's what Godzilla is. Godzilla is our pronunciation. Anyway, <laughs> this is a French metal <laughs> French band. <laughs> also on, on Violet's Lullaby album. Yeah, they're not, nothing to do with Japan. But, uh, like, I felt I used to listen to a shit ton of metal, and then I fell off metal. Like, probably thanks to new metal. Like, I just stopped. And I know it, it lived on yeah, a lot of different yeah. permutations that I kind of wasn't paying attention to. This is the first band that I, I kind of, as, you know, only kind of recently, within the last five years, Put an ear to, and I was like, "Oh yeah, okay, this is new metal being made that rules." And this album fucking kicks ass, and this song is just one of like five awesome songs on this album. But like, it does shit that I remember enjoying about listening to like Fear Factory back in the day. Like, I listen to Fear Factory now, I'm like that shit, like this stuff's weird and kind of nerdy. <laughs> but like, it sounded like this at the time, anyway. So like, if I look back on this, thinking. I, I, it's still, you know, it's still good. It's still good. Gojira means gorilla whale in Japanese. So Godzilla's real name is gorilla whale. Yeah, it's like the combination of those two things. Is that a Ron English drawing? No. I don't know. I gotta place it in Austin. Yeah, this song rules. That's all I got. We got we one more, more song. There should be more metal like this. On so we got one oh, more song. Here. The bridge oh. is kind of cool. Oh, never mind. It's not even the bridge part. Just <laughs> we got one we'll more song out, in this episode, and. If you had to guess, Mance, who do you think it would be by? If it's a Matt song that Bob's going to have a lot to say about. Ween? Oh, you got it. It's Ween with Transdermal Celebration. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Off this the same album like as the, Bob's This is kind of like the arena rocker from this album, and it's great. This is the Mollusk, right? No, it's Quebec. Quebec. Off the same album you just had played it off of. Is it? There were a lot of songs that I could have picked off of this album. Like this, like Chocolate Town is probably my favorite song on this album on any given day, just because it's just so nice. It's not the best representation of what Ween is. This song is more in line of like when Ween goes like to the rafters in whatever weird way they're doing it. Like it's it's you should listen to it. It's good. Was I wrong in that? Even if you don't, it's on White Pepper. It is. Oh, okay. I thought Joey just said that this was on the same. Don't spy on my list. 
Yeah, I mean, like, this is one of my favorite songs in the sense that I have, like, 150 favorite songs. The song... Like, it's representative of, of a sound that they do that's best typified by, like, big albums. Like, this is, to me, the Cucaracha, like, I don't know. It's, like, kind of half-baked to me. This was their last real studio, like, expression and this is a good example of I like, them being... I like how if you know nothing about Ween and not just talking about La Cucaracha, it makes no sense. <laughs> the album after this, and it's the last album. Yeah, I, fi- I figured as much, but still... This sounds like 10 years ago. This would honestly... This song would fit up perfectly on Stone Temple Pilots' second album. Yeah. Which I actually know. like. I, it's a couple interesting... I never thought about before, but you're right. That guitar I, sounds like yeah, it's like an song. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing the thing about Ween is that you can like almost any genre, and and I could make you a mixtape of, of Ween songs that you would love. This is just fucking Deaner tearing it up yet again. My all-time favorite guitarist, Dean Ween. And this typifies that like now that they, they're such a live band, this song is written for the stage, and they fucking play it out all the fucking time, and it's. You know, they're just this kind of band. We'll come back in two weeks for our next group of 20 songs, 60 through 41, on Tub Talk. We're soaring out to ween. (laughs) Email tubtalk at cageclub.me and let us know your thoughts. Uh, Threshy, are you out there? We want to collab. Are you out there, Threshy? Threshy, we want to collab. We like ween. Back in two weeks for 60 through 41 of 2000, 2019. Cage This is L Tub Talk. I was reading about this too, and they were like, you know, this album they recorded as a live unit. Like they, they, they mic'd it up like in a big studio. They didn't do that for White Pepper. So, like, this one has so much of that more, like, like Chocolate Town. Like it has a good, like, live performance capture. This album's really good. 